Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie? Our movie this week is Leap of Faith. Go ahead and find a DVD or Blurry. Press play and press pause. Question mark. When the Paramount logo fades to black at the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point I'll press play, you'll press play, and thank you, Jesus! Yeah, same as any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And preach it, Trey the Amazing Stokes. That's right! Oh man, this movie! I've seen this movie a million times. Like this is one of those yeah. random movies. Like I didn't have to rewatch this yeah, at all. Yeah, that, <laughs> I got it memorized. Just, of all the those little oddball movies that I think everyone has a few of them for themselves, where it's like you've seen that movie a lot. Like I don't even remember that movie. Yeah, it was just a movie that was around the whole time I was growing up and shit. And I've always loved Jaws this movie. too. That's, that's mine. Jen. <laughs> wow. And uh, boy, howdy, do I have a lot to say about it? Because there's a whole sort of parallel story to this. After this movie came out, about 20 years later, maybe 23 years later. Uh, now 20 years later almost on the nose there was a attempt to put this on Broadway and yeah. it was a, a, a hurried production it was a amazing Spider-Man-y sort of production only on a massively rushed scale uh, it had music by Alan Menken they decided to turn this movie into a musical with music by Alan Menken massive flop yeah. lost a tremendous amount of money and closed on paper after like, it makes perfect sense closed after yeah. like 20, yeah. 25 shows or something like that no I, I the, according to the uh According to the IMDb, I think it was it was 19 shows and 25 previews. 25 previews, right? Yeah. Yeah. 25 um, previews where they were like making script changes and all that shit. But in addition to knowing the hell out of this movie and and, and knowing who Peter Popoff is, and we can talk about that. Yeah. Also knowing, uh, I, I yesterday for the first time I had known about that Leap of Faith musical, and I'll talk about it more later uh, for a long time. But I never actually sat down and like, all right, well, I can't find the you know the book yeah. for this anywhere. But Did I'll they re- sell the soundtrack yeah, album of I, that. I bought I bought the soundtrack album. Listened through oh, it entirely. There is through. a soundtrack album. There is That's and. Awesome. Um, Gotta make their money back somehow. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Who who are the six other guys that bought that? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was was me and five other me's. Okay, uh, with goatees on and shit. And uh, at the risk of burying the lead, I will say that it's. This is you know how hard this is for me to say, everyone. It's astonishingly bad. Oh, it's really bad. But by listening to the music, uh, because it's a musical and most of the exposition happens in the songs, I also gleaned pretty much all the changes they made to the story and the adaptation they did with it. And that's also some interesting stuff. So this is going to be a fun one for me. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I love this movie. Uh, The music in this movie is better than the music in the musical Alan Menken wrote. Uh, (laughs) It's just a fun. It's a fun one. And if you haven't seen it, total curated. Just fucking the entire podcast curates this movie. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we? I, I, I we'll find out. I I've been advocating this movie since day one, and I do not. I I know you like it now. Oh, I've loved <laughs> I love. I can't wait to hear the rest of the panel. Because Ryan, had you seen Leap of Faith? No, I hadn't. If I had, uh, it would have been when it came out, and I don't recollect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 92. I watched it for what seems like the first time. Uh, when I missed, what I think it was the first time Friday, I guess. Did you have any uh, preconceptions? Did you watch a trailer or anything? Um, I think I was. Con- Here's the thing. I th- was this movie. Like the trailer, for whatever reason, I think I was connecting this to a movie where there's Steve Martin and there's a horse that jumps off, a, you know, that circus trick where the horse jumps off the tall ladder into the pool. Yeah. I feel like it sounds I was, like Wild Hearts Can't yeah, Be Broken. Yeah, Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken came out around that same time. Okay. So Maybe I think you I saw that trailer when you saw this or yeah. vice versa? Yeah. Or I think both you were waiting for a horse to jump time. off a tower. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind <laughs> Where's of the, the horse? Kind of the whole movie. Like, obviously, you know, pretty quickly in, it's like, okay, well, this is clearly a different premise, but. Somewhere in the back of my brain is like, when is the horse going to show up? <laughs> yeah. Where's uh, the horse going to fit into this? I was yeah. sold a bill of goods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when uh, you watched it, horselessly. Yeah, horselessly, <laughs> yes. What would you think? That's my new favorite adverb. Yeah. Um, that Joe Rowling. It was okay for me. I felt... Uh, so obviously, I love Steve Martin. I love watching Steve Martin. And certainly, I was on board with the, uh, with the general you know, theme of, of con man preacher. Um, 
I, I honestly felt it was long, like it didn't hold my interest very, very well. It was tough to, to, to get through the whole thing. Um, and I'm not sure it really resonated with me all the way. So, and I'm not sure why. So maybe we can figure that out as we go along. But it really, it, as, as it went further along, it did not hold my interest. Um, certainly, certainly Steve Martin in the beginning, like, yeah, I'll, I love Steve Martin. I'll watch him, you know, do whatever for two hours. But as it went further along, I found it tougher and tougher to, to stay focused in on it. I'm glad you said that because I also rewatching it critically with a mind for tomorrow. We're going to do the commentary about it. So I'm going to try to take off my rose colored glasses and watch this again. Yeah, I do have some third act quibbles. Yeah, I it does. Think, it does definitely lose steam in yeah. the same way like that thing you do does where the, 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 the part of putting on the show is the exciting part. And when you get to the part where it's falling apart, that's the bummer. And then the movie ends. But there's also some story stuff that I'm curious to talk about. Dorkman. What was your history with this? Um, well, I I know I saw it growing up. I don't think I saw it. I, I, I don't believe I saw it, you know, with, with uh, alarming frequency or anything. But <laughs> I, I, I know no I've Ewok seen it. It's adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I know that I have seen it. There were, there were moments where I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember that line. I remember it. So, um, and... and <clears throat> it wasn't like rediscovering it like sometimes happens when you're watching a movie and you go, oh my God, wait, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of feel like happened with Paper Moon. I was like, I feel like yeah, I've seen Somehow this, this is in my brain already. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so there wasn't that. I knew that I had seen it before, but it had been a long time. Um, certainly, you know, I, I re- remembered very little of it and I probably understood very little of it at the time. Um, I... I like it. I think it's. I think it's really well done. I. I agree that. I don't know. It's. It's. It. It does feel like in a. In one sense, it. It kind of starts to lose steam towards the end. But in another sense, it's like well, it's just not doing the thing that we're so used to movies doing now in the third act. It's a very. It's a very brief third act, really, yeah. um, and it's. What I appreciated about it is, you know, you're watching it and it's not about it's not about people changing the world or saving the world or anything like that. It's literally about what happened in this one town for three days, you know, and it it, it does hit the point that, that we're always talking about. It is the most important thing that ever happened <laughs> yeah. to any of these people. Yeah. But it's not important to the world at large. It's just something that happened to them and is important to them. And so I, I think that might be part of it is, is it doesn't feel, it doesn't really feel like it's building. It's kind of more of a character drama it, and you feel like you want it to build because they're dealing with some very big, yeah. you know, things. The tent's uh, got to burn down at the end. Yeah, exactly. And, and it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> you know, that's it. But that's actually what Roger Ebert said too. Did you read his review? No, I didn't. Re- uh, the, re- the Ebert review was like three stars. This is awesome. And then it stops. <laughs> uh, he's like, this doesn't really do much of an ending. And I, yeah. I read that review before we watching it. And that's the sort of the third act thing I was thinking of. We're like, yeah. huh. And as you said, the third act is really brief i mean you get to the weird <laughs> the weird come to jesus moment which yeah. in the musical is called jonas's soliloquy which is probably the best song uh, in the piece it's mm. good uh it's it's the only memorable one um uh and then it's like oh god he just had a huge crisis of faith let's watch this guy go through his whole huge change now and then he just sort of goes I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna leave bye it started raining which i actually think is <laughs> well, great I well, well, yeah that's the thing like, I, I, I can't I, think of something better than that yeah if i get if i can grab the mic i yeah. this is one of my favorite endings of a movie ever <laughs> <laughs> because uh just uh, and i'll i'll 
yield my time and because obviously we should start watching the movie and I've got plenty more to say about it. But the, the one thing I want to point out, one of the reasons I really, really, really love this movie and you know, maybe it was only made for me because you know, it didn't do well in the theater or as a Broadway show. So maybe it's just me that likes this movie. But um, Me too. But compared to the movie we did recently, Book of Eli, mm. which was a preach to the choir movie about Bible's awesome, yo, God will do wonderful things, blah, blah. This movie manages, I think, and I, I haven't actually polled any authentic Christians, but I think if you are a if you were a hardcore Christian believer, you would love the end of this movie. I'm yeah, a hardcore yeah. atheist, and I love the end of this movie because I think it hits it. it it's ambiguous enough that you can take away from yeah, it what you what want saying, from yeah. the ending. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I respect about it that the movie dares to not beat you over the head with either message, whatever message you think the movie might uh, be honestly, giving not, you. Not just the ending, but the whole thing. I, yeah, I watch it and I it go, never it never lands one way or yeah. the other in terms of the big question. And I think that's pretty amazing because you know not that there's a lot of you know pro atheist movies that get made in Hollywood, but the fact that this one manages to leave it ambiguous enough. Yeah, that. I don't think that if you're a Christian, I don't think you would be offended by this movie. You would go, okay, that guy's a charlatan, but the movie's not saying all right believers are the, charlatans. In fact, the movie is very specifically drawing a distinction between what he does and yeah, and, people and the who real actually, thing. Yeah. And and the, and but it doesn't come down on like, but the real thing is the real thing. Just you, you know, when, yeah. when the miracle comes, is it just because? People hung together and toughed it out until times got better again, or was there an actual divine yeah. thing that happened? You don't. The movie doesn't spell it out for you either way, and I, I, I really love that about it. And I just, it's a thing I've, I've always admired about this movie that it manages to like redeem the character without having an angel actually appear on screen and whack him on the head. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I, I just for that alone, <laughs> this movie gets a gets a huge gets a huge bonus for me. I'll talk, the, I'll talk more about it, but let's start watching. Yeah. You're at the point where the Paramount logo has faded to black as we are here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, un pause. And we're in. This movie has also just a really outstanding cold open. This first scene, yes. it's sort of unrelated to anything. It's it's basically just, it's like an overture. It's like a it's, little thing that brings you into these characters, but it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Like, after this scene ends... They drive, and then the bus breaks down. Like, right. this is just a thing that happens at the beginning to introduce it, and it's so fun it's to watch. It's exciting incident. Bus Plus, breaks it, down. It, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. Cold open is is the way that we say things now because we, we base things on yeah. TV so much. But but you're you're right. It, it absolutely is that. It's it's an appendage. I mean, this is before the story starts. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, but it's a it's perfect a, way to introduce yeah, exactly. this character and what they do. Um, it, it's the same thing as the boulder at the beginning of Indiana Jones. Yeah, really. It's, like it's just unrelated. Like, just throws it, you right into it. But even unrelated, in Indiana Jones, Belloc shows up again. I mean, this guy, this cop doesn't ever come back. He's just like the guy that we're dealing with for a minute, but then we never see him again. Yeah. It's just to, it's just to show it's the, it's how the, good he is. Blake uh, Snyder would call it the everyday world. Yeah. It's just, well, this is their, this is, this is what their life is normally. This, well, it's, it's showing it, it introduces Jonas doing his thing. It yeah. shows how good he is at cold reading and how good he is at manipulating people. Right. And I also have a, a kind of a, a also meatloaf. Yeah. 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 Meatloaf. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this. Yeah. Because yeah, that he was again, he's in this. Jesus. Future historians will unearth new movies that they didn't yeah. know Philip Seymour Hoffman was Jesus, in. Jesus, Philip. He's like the. It's like this was like his his Twister audition. Yeah, right Twister was four years after this, and he yeah. was still a nobody in Twister. Like, oh my god. Anyway, there's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Now I have a. It's it sucks that this is the opening scene, and I have this to say here, but, but it's a, a kind of a complex thing to say about this movie. I haven't been talking about it for very long, but in addition to this being really fun and all that stuff, I also think this scene serves an, a kind of an odd role in that I think it's also a really critically important saving of the cat, because yeah. and here's why I say that. 
Jonas Nightingale is almost an unredeemable character. When you I, I don't agree with that at all, actually. Well, uh, but let me we'll, say my thing first. Okay. And then you throw me your, your rebuttal. Yeah. The only way you can like him, because what he's doing is he's going to this place. He's uh, ostensibly swindling a thousand incredibly poor people, working them up into a fewer and then getting their money and then leaving. And that's just basically fraud and theft and all the things we always say about charlatans. That's awful. That's a really awful thing to do. I don't think you'd be able to like him if, because basically there's no way to say that's okay because he's just taking their money. He's not even giving them a particular sense of hope. In this case, there's an actual positive, tangible result from this, which is whether or not Jonas is a piece of shit, he did get this guy to reconnect with his daughter and presumably things worked out from there that they wouldn't have happened without Jonas. And he did a good thing tangibly for the world. So we're like, okay, well, this guy's kind of a huckster, but at least what he does gives good results and all that stuff. If we didn't have this scene, I think you would like Jonas a lot less. You'd maybe like watching him just as much, but I think you'd like him less. I think that's right. I think the fa- I think it's very important that it does have... It's, he didn't just, like, not only get out of a ticket, but steal the cop's wallet or something like that. That, you know, he does. And, and later on, they talk about... They do get into that, I think, because he mentions... They talk about someone does say... Liam Neeson, I guess, is the you know yeah. the one the, the naysayer who says you know you're a you're a swindler you're a cheater goes hey you know I'm, I'm it's like I'm it's like Broadway comes to your town and you pay ten bucks and you see a hell of a show come on what's wrong with that yeah and, and, and he says and, and these guys at least leave with a little bit of hope that helps them through the next he, day he specifically yeah. he specifically says that and that is that is of course the argument in defense of a religion and b hucksters. and you <laughs> yeah. know I don't draw a di- distinction personally but yeah. um. The uh, you know th- this this movie certainly does, and th- th- this movie is really interesting in that way because I watch it and I go, this is making me ask questions about, uh, like you said, I think I think whatever side of the of the aisle you're on, <laughs> you're gonna kind of you're gonna kind of come down on on the same conclusion, which is ultimately there is no difference between what he's doing and what the the people who really believe it are doing in in terms of the effect that it's having yeah. on the world and if you come down on the on the pro religion side you see that as a positive and if you come down on the <laughs> other side you see it as a negative but either way i think i think this this movie kind of shows or, or at least asks the question what really is the difference between yeah. what's going on here because just because he doesn't believe it that doesn't affect what's going on in the audience either way yeah. right i i love also about the uh, this whole opening sequence it's just a straight up walkthrough of how cold reading works. Oh, yeah. And the whole movie is a, is a tutorial on how various fake preachers have yeah. and probably to this day do yeah. things. Yeah. There's so many great little moments of, you know, when the old lady shows up and you go, oh, why don't you have a seat in this wheelchair yeah. so yeah. she can stand up later when no one... Because nobody even, knows her. Even the little detail of like, oh, you're not from around here. Have a seat in the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. My favorite little subtle detail like that, uh, I mean, they never really go into cold reading on this. I mean, it's happening left and right, but they never say that's what this is. Yeah. He, he does, he does the, use the phrase. He but, goes, I had to cold read 10 people and I was not great. Yeah. But one of the, uh, one of my favorite ones, like Trey was just saying, is... Uh, in one of the it's either the second to last show or the last show a guy in like the back is like I'm afraid I'm gonna die how long do I have left to live and Deborah Winger says uh, Jonas our brother in like a really specific way when when you first watch her do it you just think she's a bad actress or something yeah. and then it's like and, and Jonas goes our brother that means the death yeah no, there's a, there he's was, wondering when he's gonna die there was, like you can see the, the calculator there was the earlier they, they, there was the earlier scene where she's they're where running she through says it. Yeah. she asks a very a, a question in a very particular wording and he's like okay so that means he's worried about tornadoes in Wichita she's like <laughs> yeah. no she, tornadoes he's, in Missoula yeah, yeah. Missoula or whatever yeah. ah, damn it you know yeah. 
Including, the, as you mentioned, the Peter Popoff thing, which was, you know, famous uh, James Randi debunking of a famous televangelist who could yeah. supposedly tell things about the audience. And, you know, for the, if you don't know the story, then this is a true story that uh, they're taking from a bunch of those guys. But Popoff yeah. is the is mainly Popoff. Yeah. yeah. Randy, yeah. James Randi went to a show with a radio scanner and found the frequency in which Popoff's wife's wife was feeding him the info. Yeah into his ear and then played the and we then Randy went famously went on the tonight show and yeah. said check this out and it was such a big thing that uh, it really <laughs> that he's never stopped yeah. talking about it yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, well there's that and there's also uh, and that was in it's one of the, the few times you can score a big win as a, you know as a, as a guy like that that would have been like mid late 80s something like that and in and for 15 years Popoff was just destroyed just like defeated yeah he started coming back he's, he's got been a resur- back lately he's got a resurgence yeah. going on yeah. and I'm like, well, there you go <laughs> you can't you just got to wait half a generation and then it's good yeah. to go again yeah pretty much the suckers born every minute so now yeah so, so tammy so, faye came back jim baker would have come back if he hadn't died so, so so now i guess randy needs to keep because if because if you go to like well, the, what does that prove exactly, yeah, exactly. If, you, if you go to like the amazing meeting and stuff like that anywhere where randy is it's like he's gonna tell the friggin pop-off story and he yeah. tells it exactly the same because he's yeah. like you're you know you're you're old grandpa or whatever he has his story and he tells it exactly the yeah. same way well it's his, every time. it's his version of you know hitting the beach at d-day it's the, yeah. you know, it's the it's the greatest thing he ever he ever achieved publicly yeah. anyway which is it was a great thing to yeah. achieve definitely yeah. and like like you said bob was coming back so i'm like all right keep telling the story yeah, because just remind people by <laughs> the way but of course that's the that's the dodge with you know it's like in this movie gets into it a little bit you can just go around yeah i was terrible but i'm good now i'm yeah. redeemed i'm sorry about that i regret that oh man had yeah. To be a sinner. yeah as you yeah. see as you see in this movie it's like they like that even better yeah if, they, even if better. they can do that that works brian do you remember the point in the movie where you started where you noticed that you were like not as interested in it anymore it's it's later uh it's <laughs> it's still rolling the yeah, credits are you bored yet yeah. you're still on board with the credits <laughs> yeah. like yeah. philip seymour hoffman and meatloaf i'm totally on board yeah really i lost uh, it right around the, the I, th- I think it's right around rust rustwater rustwater yeah, the corn relish capital of america <laughs> and there was a fact on the imdb page which god knows if that's accurate or not uh that says this is you know this is obviously a real town they shot this in texas but uh the place where they filmed this they had put the fake town mascot on the water tower before the movie and <laughs> that's just still there because <laughs> It's like that kind of town. We're not gonna. We don't have the money to hire a better graphic artist. Our city council are four people that have other jobs, and nobody's gonna go up there with weird ladders, buy equipment we don't have, and repaint it. Yeah, I don't know what corn relish is. I assume you've had it because it's it's, yeah, that's because you're a hick. That's racist. You see it? Yeah, really. You see it in the movie. Corn relish gets that jar. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's like a sweet corn butter. There's a whole well, yeah, that the whole diner is covered in jars of corn relish. Yeah, so it's tasty. Isn't that what he? What the woman gives him? Okay, just Ralph Singleton, executive producer. Here's my connection to this movie. Oh, I did. I did a movie called Pet Cemetery 2. Yes. Um, also, also in a small town uh, in Georgia, um, Sonoy, Georgia. Georgia. And Ralph Singleton was the executive producer of that. He was a really he's a really cool guy. I think he's still around. I don't think he's I don't think he's working much anymore. But Ralph Singleton wrote a fairly uh, famous book on movie scheduling and budgeting, uh, which was kind of a handbook uh, for the industry. Oh, that's why I recognize that's his the name. name. He was the production manager on the Conversation, and and uh, yeah, part- the whole book is about the Conversation. Exactly, basically, did, yeah. You know, so that's Ralph Singleton. Great guy, great you know. First time on a set, Pet Cemetery Two was the first time really that I was as a visual as a creature guy. 
I was on, I was on the movie almost the whole time because of the, you know most of the time you show up for three days, no one knows who you are. You don't know they're like here go there. You're the, the guy in that scene. You get the you know the the standard uh, thing you they you'd be called is the creature fucks here. Oh here I come the creature fucks to, <laughs> to, to mess us up for three days. That'd be their, a good name for a podcast with their stupid rubber <laughs> the dog fucks. that won't work and so on. But this movie because of the nature of the movie Pet Cemetery Two I'm talking about. We were there a lot. We got there maybe they'd only been shooting about a week and, and me and my small team were there for the pretty much the entire production. Um, so we got to, we were much more integrated into the crew than normal. And it was my first time that I ever because and because I was in charge um, of my little thing. I dealt directly with Mary Lambert, the director, and, and also a lot with Ralph, the producer, and got to know Ralph. And he's a really cool guy and uh, hung out with him and. As we were wrapping up the movie and finishing up, he was on his way to Texas to produce this movie. This movie was the movie he did immediately after. Um, so I was aware of this movie before it was ever even shot. And I was like, he was like, yeah, it's the thing is we're shooting in Texas. It's about Faith Healer, Steve Martin's in it. And I and I kind of half acidly said, wow, I'd like to come with you for that. And if I'd pushed, I still think to this day, I could have might have been able to join the circus if I pushed a little <laughs> harder. And just can I come and do something? Because I got nothing after, you know, I'm just going to go home and look for work. Again. You're like the kid in this movie. Had I known that there was going to be this movie, I would have said, Ralph, come on. I'll just I'll PA. I'll craft service. I want to be in on this project. I'll play the second so. waitress. So that was my. So that's probably why I and no one else in America was aware of this movie when it came <laughs> out, um, and I sought it out, and I was like, "Oh, Ralph, you son of a bitch! What a great movie you produced! That's fantastic." I like the little detail uh, with the with Marva um, when he first like reveals his jacket and stuff because this is a small town in Kansas. You think she's going to be like, "All right, you know the the preacher's here." Yeah. The old two- and and her face just falls and she's like I'm done with this what you find out later is because Fuck that. yeah they've they've already de- she's already dealt with that with with um her her Tiny brother Tim. and all that yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but th- that's an intri- I think that's a really intriguing moment because she's this small town waitress who is not excited when the preacher yeah. comes to town and it's like she's, what's she's jaded going small on town there? waitress yeah. like yeah right oh good oh good a preacher my favorite Steve Martin, what what was this? Was was he doing a lot of drama at this point, or was this not a lot? This is very out of character for him, and it might. And one of the reasons this movie is this his Truman Show, yeah, in a way, yeah, Yeah. I think so. And and one of the reasons this movie may not have done well is because of the adage of you know no one wants to see Steve Martin be this guy. It's like Adam Sandler in a movie about God. Yeah, exactly. Well, another like like a serious movie. Yeah, exactly. But Steve Martin is inspired casting, and I think he's. I think it's it's weird because he's great in this. I love him in this. I wonder if another cast. This is the dark side of who he normally plays. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if another casting director wouldn't have put together the the notion that regardless of how you know that actor you need someone who you think could probably pull off the drama part but also can be really electric on stage like no reservation whatsoever on stage you have to have a stand-up you have to have a guy who like eddie murphy or someone who's played to huge crowds a lot yep. and steve martin had been playing well you know this is 15 years before this maybe 10 years before this but he'd been playing like sold out arena shows before he was like fuck that i'm out <laughs> yeah so he's He's good to go. He can get up on that stage and talk about whatever you want. And he didn't even play the banjo in this movie. Like, how did that yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did they not have him play the banjo? He has a banjo clause. <laughs> is, uh, is, at what point did he go, like, totally white, white in his hair? Because it's not completely before this, white here. Before this. this is, yeah, so they it's, colored it's it. It's dyed here. Yeah. yeah, okay. You don't see very, you don't often see a, a blonde Steve Martin. A million years ago when he had color in his hair, it was dark. It was, like, dark, yeah, dark that's brown. that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's weird to see him in gray. I just saw Bowfinger again the other day too. It's on Showtime. Oh, uh, Bowfinger's good. I, I like, like Bowfinger. 
It's another that's, mo- that's a pretty inside baseball movie, though. Yeah, yeah say. <laughs> people do love it. people. People who love it love it. But uh, yeah, I don't know how well that one did either. Bowfinger would have been a good movie night party movie. I can't. I can't one hundred percent tell how many of the people like in the in the choir and stuff in this movie. That's what I was just wondering. Are, are yeah. on board with what's going on and how? Because clearly they've seen him do that bit before, and they're kind of helping to egg him on and stuff like that. But on the other hand, you can tell. You know, there's there's a bit where uh, it, towards the end, where one of the the choir ladies is sitting down and reading the children Bible stories. So it's like, so she clearly probably does actually believe it. Yeah, the choir. The choir <laughs> so, is interesting that they're they're on this. They're in this circus, and yet they. You they to, do. Many of them do seem to. Well, you know, they, they, they the, probably, genuine, the genuine article. Yeah, the they probably they probably are coming at it, and they you know they don't get into it, but I can see it being completely plausible that they're like, well, yes, he doesn't believe it, but we are still that all the yeah. things he's saying are right. Yeah, we're, we're still bringing the word to yeah. to the yeah. you know it's, the masses. It's, we it's we like believe in him, being even with if Colbert doesn't believe in himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like someone being on Colbert's side. Like, well, I don't care if he cares, but he's right. Fuck it. Yeah. But I think it's probably more likely that remember we're watching an, an odd weekend for these guys. Usually they hold, <laughs> yeah. they hold up in a big city like Topeka or something, which is yeah where they're and, trying and to get. They're to. probably you know they're in the Motel Six and he's in the uh, the fancy Holiday Inn. And I'll bet you they don't actually cross paths that much. Like the crew and, and just the choir, they probably kind that of may be true. Show. Yeah, that that's they're on separate buses, Mike. <laughs> and I'll have yeah. you know oh. that the choir is all black. What do you think that means, Mike? You'll have me know. Where in the bus do you think that, they sit? <laughs> that means they get to sing gospel, which is awesome. Oh, man. Oh, well. At some point, we will be talking about the songs, both in this movie and in the musical, and the word gospel will be said a thousand times. A lot. So yeah. did they do, did they at least try to do gospel style for uh, the Lethal Faith? I hope so. We're watching the point of turning it into we're a musical. We're watching exposition scene. I'll set up the musical thing. Well, here's it's the, baby Liam Neeson. But it is baby. Well, very it's, weird thing It's like with pretty boy Liam Neeson. Yeah. Like, we're going to try to make Liam Neeson... Like a '90s, like <laughs> swoopy hair girl crushed. This would be thing. this would be Channing Tatum today. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know. yeah. Totally would. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, it's weird when you listen to the music from Leap of Faith because, and before I say this, I should just put one disclaimer on there. I have a hard time talking shit about composers I don't like because writing music is really hard. Uh, when we're talking about Alan Menken, this is as close as I get to saying that God is dead. But, <laughs> but there's, I think, one of the crucial failings of the music in the musical, setting aside the story and the production. The music in the musical is that there are ways you can make gospel music work in a musical form factor. Uh, for instance, Hercules, another movie, Alan Menken, yep. wrote music for in a totally gospel style. Bless my soul, yeah. Herc is on a roll. That, that whole thing. It's all that, the gospel truth. It's really great and the, the, the key to making that work is focusing on what gospel has inherently which is excellent melodies i mean gospel music is largely pentatonic it's really easy jumps to make your brain wants to complete melodies before they even start it's the most memorable shit you can deal with almost and to put it into a musical you'd basically just want to keep all that and then add <laughs> the band if you need the band to be there make it loud and maybe some background singers but it's already acquired anyway the music in the musical of this movie is really, really forgettable and bland. And it's just you don't pick up any melodies and hear them. It, like in the way that I was just singing that Hercules line, there's nothing like that that sticks out of you from any of the music in the musical. The only ones that really kind of stick are the ones where they're not doing the gospel thing. Which, what? And additionally, from what I gather, and I'm not sure if this is entirely accurate, but I think it's at least largely the case. The musical was reframed in such a way that 
you're sort of you as an audience member going to that show are at the revival and, the, uh, and it's happening inside the revival and it, that's what's going on that's and you're just idea. hearing side conversations yeah I thought that was a cool implementation but then you lose the ability to do a lot of exposition and shit by the way this this radio guy is brilliant the little take yeah. he does with re, the reaction to the window Look, looking out your yeah. window here yeah. he is it, 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 what? it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. such a perfect he just nails it's that just, so yeah. it's, it's, it's such a great thing of uh, also to Steve Martin just he just work, no matter what he knows how to work the crowd yeah. he just he's He's got his line and he just follows it. <laughs> also, I like the little in the previous scene where they nice little work in of, uh, you know, a meatloaf song there. You know, no. <laughs> a little bonus for meatloaf. I wonder if that's why he took the movie. Like, only if you put one of my songs in. Okay, we'll have him drive a car and listen to Paradise by the Dashboard Light. What's really crazy is that there are gospel... <laughs> I challenge you to find a gospel song that sucks. They're all amazing because the, the ones that you hear are the ones that have been like kept, basically. But even it's, it's, it's self curating. That's true. The, the, I've, the, the I've the never cost- even heard the one in this in right. this movie as and they're building are, the tent, and it's amazing. And you yeah. already remember it. Like at the end of the movie, I've there's watched it. I've been kicked yeah. Right. There's in this movie, in the movie that Alan Menken didn't write the music for, the gospel music is way better than Leap of Faith. And I love you, Alan. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah. My thing with this, the little timeline of blowing Teague's fucking mind was Teague grew up loving Leap of Faith. Teague loves Alan Menken. Teague gets really into <laughs> songwriting and musicals and Alan Menken. Teague finds out they're doing a musical of Leap of Faith. That's genius with music by Alan Menken. Holy shit. This will be amazing. <laughs> Teague finds out the musical sucks. What? Teague <laughs> downloads the album. The music sucks. Huh? <laughs> Teague commits suicide. Teague, Teague loses faith. Oh. <laughs> Teague loses faith. It's okay. We got a really short act three that's going to tie it all together. Yeah. Now, what, it, it, uh, and this is the song that's amazing. But in yeah. his defense, and to wrap that up real quick, in his defense, from what I understand, the production was greatly rushed. Uh, they, they wanted to get a theater that had just opened up and they were going to close it. Like someone else was going to take it if they didn't. Oh, shit. Go. Joe, go, go. So the music could have been really rushed as well. Uh, and all those other things. Maybe it was a paycheck, but I doubt it. Well, and, at, least, uh, and at least they didn't kill a bunch of people like Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and additionally, you know, Alan Menken typically doesn't write the, the lyrics. Uh, he just writes the songs. But the songs, it's the melodies, the memorable stuff is the part that we're talking about. And it wasn't very good. So I, what year, he, he's, he's done better. What year is the musical? This was 2010, I think. Maybe yeah. Oh, very recent. recent. Yeah, Raul recent. Esperanza played Jonas Nightingale. I think he's on Hannibal now. Mm. I don't mm. know. I, I wouldn't recognize him. If you told, if you pushed him in front of my face and said, "This is Raul Esperanza," I wouldn't see him. Like that's how much I wouldn't recognize him. But Hannibal is supposed to be an amazing show, and I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah I know. I've been resisting, but uh, it's going to be around a while, so maybe, maybe it's time to the doctor, binge it. The doctor is submarining through our brains. Yeah, <laughs> he's not the only one, though. This he, is he's, a, he's this is a hell of a rig they have. It's yeah, really, oh, this, this is great. a big, big deal. I've been cheated. It's literally how the circus used to be before they started. Before they moved to arenas, there still, are, there still are circuses that are like this, but not a lot. Yeah, but they mostly moved to arenas. Wouldn't it be fun to join the circus and be on the crew? And be on no, the crew. Yeah, no, it'd be awesome. The, I tried. No. To. I literally did try to join the circus at one point. Yeah, my uh, uh, my an uncle of mine was uh, was the comptroller for a, a small circus that wasn't Ringling Brothers. It was a small one that actually did travel. They, they did arenas. They didn't have a tent, but there was a traveling circus, and I actually did try. <laughs> I think my par- I think my my mom put a stop to that. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I like I think my mom. She may may or not have pulled strings yeah. in the background, but I was like, yeah, what the hell? I might as well join the circus. Yeah. Here's the, like, I'll, I'll have amazing stories if it happens. The circus crew, like just this this sequence, I'm like, that looks like hot, sweaty work. And yeah. I am all right not <laughs> yeah. doing yeah, that. I, as much as I love. I'd like announced. to be in the choir if I, if I was going to join that circus. As much as I love show business and putting on shows. I can't imagine a worse job than being a road like yeah. a roadie yeah. for a circus or a band or anything yeah. where like you have to 
Put, set up. You wherever. have to travel and then put it up wherever, and then take it down, and then move. Oh God, awful! <laughs> it's the, it's the that yeah. kid then went to Nebraska and said he doesn't he doesn't think dinosaurs are very scary, <laughs> and then Alan Grant scared him. And yeah, that's great. I like this. I like that introduction of. Uh, uh, I wish Lucas, I remember Lucas his something. Lucas Haas. Lucas, Lucas Haas is his, is his real name. Uh, I can't remember the his kid from Witness. Is, at yeah, one point, at one point, but, but I like he calls I, him Tiny Tim. We can just use that. Yeah, I like the fact that they introduce him as an accomplice in a scam yeah that's that's the way he's he's jonas's accomplice in a little minor scam and that's the way they introduce him and that <laughs> well, kind of like, becomes the maybe not accomplice like a knowing beneficiary yeah maybe. well he he clearly like hit it he's like it came to him and he's like okay i see where this <laughs> I is get going it. I totally get it. <laughs> and just hit it i like this his his little because because there's a moment where he's like he almost seems he the what he does with his hands is like i'm kind of as surprised as you are but yeah, cool like, I guess you're coming. Fun fact from the yeah. IMDb trivia. On the day they were shooting that, Steve Martin didn't make that shot. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. It's the anti-alien yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, resurrection. Did you know Sigourney Weaver really made that? Yes. Yes, we know. We yeah, know because it was well, in the shot. That's why they cut. <laughs> that's why it wasn't a long, <laughs> yeah, a long take like Because Ryan Perlman goes, wow! <laughs> <laughs> I like the shot of this guy. He shows up later, and this is basically just foreshadowing that he gets drunk a lot, and he's going to pass out the yeah. night that it matters. Yeah. But I also like the sort of sort of disdainful look he throws at jesus <laughs> yeah yeah like, like it's it's not like yay that guy hits jesus more like that is just a tiny little bit of character that you didn't need to have on that guy just as like a piece of window dressing it's like that guy looks at jesus and you see that he has some like history thing that he's he's, he's like man right well it gives man it, i just don't know it gives him somewhere to go even that little character gets somewhere to go because he's kind of like uh, this whole and he's blown away by thing. the thing at the end, and then and then the miracle happens, and he's like, "No, this is real, man. I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm skeptical of this stuff, and I, I was here all night, and yeah, yeah. so oh, crazy." <clears throat> In the chat room, Screwball says, "I had to check Meatloaf's IMDb after this to know what his earliest film credit was. Thirty years before this, wow, 1962. <laughs> In what?" He must have been a baby. Yeah, maybe he was He's Rosemary's not that baby. old. Maybe he was Rosemary's baby. <laughs> what, what 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 was that in? He, he was meat. Screwball. <laughs> I know. He, I know. He did uh, provide more information. I know he did. Uh, his first movie that he was the star of, I think, was was Roadie, which is uh, strangely enough. Uh, he was in Rocky Horror. That's yeah, well, that's true. But he wasn't yeah. the star of that one. I think his first starring role was Roadie, um, where he played a, a roadie. <laughs> I. It was an early one. It was an early movie. It wasn't if it wasn't his first. I, I mean, how many movies has he starred in? None. I think it's his only movie he probably starred in. Um, <laughs> and then they went, we can't put Meatloaf on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. But, meatloaf uh, just waving. Hey. hey, Meatloaf. Meatloaf here. Why? Okay. Do you guys know why he picked Meatloaf? For a name, I'm sure it's in a behind the music episode. When your somewhere. name is Bono, you have to explain it. When your name is Meatloaf, you don't. Yeah, it is. You're like, like, like look at the story. The story is, my is a known story. I don't know it, but the story of yeah, where that came from is uh, you know, do you know out there. I don't. There no, is I a fa- no idea. If, there is. I, if it's I'll still, look it up. There's what I can't comprehend the logic that would drive a man to do that. If it's still, I call myself Dorkman. If it's still on Netflix, as a really fat, it was because Paradise by the Dashboard Light or Bad Out of Hell is the album. Is is a is a I'm the right age. It's you know pretty much the defining album of my youth. Oh, Battle of uh, Hell is amazing. Yeah, Battle of Hell is incredible. Battle of Hell three was also good. There's yeah, the sequel was good. There's um, there's a there's a there was a is is or was a documentary on Netflix um because they have these sort of it's not behind the music but it's kind of behind the music esque. Someone's channel. Yeah, it's that. about it's they have these this series about making classic album X 
and there's a one-hour documentary about the whole making of Bad Out of Hell, um, and it gets into the whole thing where you know Bad Out of Hell is, you know, again if you look at it, is says that has that weird songs by Jim Steinman credit on it because Jim Steinman wrote all those songs that sound that you know that's that's Jim Steinman Meatloaf is basically just the singer who was brought in to sing those songs right so there was always a little bit of a you know Steinman Meatloaf collaboration slash rivalry going on about you know Steinman's like look you're just singing this is me man you're just the singer but so you know but of course Meatloaf is the one who who we remember I do know that uh, when you listen to the Fight Club commentaries, uh, when Edward Norton is talking about Meatloaf, uh, he calls him Meat, like by his first name. That's his first name. <laughs> Edward's yeah. on a first name basis yeah. with him. He calls him because Mr. Point, Mr. Loaf. If you're not familiar, <laughs> with he's it. talking about like how in the scene. Hey, where, hey, Mr. Loaf is his father. <laughs> Call me Meat. I wonder if in the credits there's a thing like assistant to Mr. Loaf. <laughs> um, but there was a thing where like the scene where Edward Norton puts his face in Bob's giant bitch tits that. And that's the line. Sorry, um, <laughs> that's quoting the movie. All right, where where, they, where meatloaf is quite a bit taller, and he looks like a big guy. He was on stilts because Edward and Ed, what he said was, "I'm actually taller than meat." <laughs> Which by itself, that sentence is fun. I mean, everything about uh, that. Anecdote. I'm yeah. taller than meat. I'm older than God, and I'm taller than meat. I want you to know that, son. <laughs> it, that sounds like a. Uh, like a, a Vin Diesel fact. Yeah. <laughs> Vin Diesel is Vin taller Diesel is than meat. Taller than meat. <laughs> I, I did a quick look at the, at his Wikipedia. From what I can tell, and th- this may be wrong, I'm just gathering it from Wikipedia, but his his first band was called Meatloaf Soul. So it sounds, I guess oh, when kind he, of Alice Cooper thing? I guess, I guess when he just went, you know, when, when, he, when he went solo, <laughs> he just took Meatloaf with him. <laughs> and, the right. It's like when Joel took Gizmonic Institute from Mystery Truval Science. says he's uncredited as Boy in Stands in the 1962 movie State Fair. Wow. wow. Yeah, How go. do we know about that? If yeah. he's uncredited in 30 years Maybe younger. he tells the story. How do we know Meatloaf didn't add that himself? Yeah. Yeah. He made up his own name. He could make up anything. Well, the other thing in terms of those names. There uh, he is, a little meat bun uh, just in the corner. As a, <laughs> as, as a fun little uh, side note, in case you don't know, um, why Louis goes by Louis C.K. as opposed to like whatever his name is, is because he's been telling people his name is Louis C.K. since he was a kid because his last name, I don't remember what it is, like Hungarian it's like, or something, but basically his name sounds, it's like Chike or something like that. That's what his real last name yeah. is. And he's like, just call me Louis C.K. That's close enough. Yeah. It's not even like an initialism. It's like, that's the closest way to tell you sort of what my name sounds like. Yeah. So here's the here's the lady who's gonna be the unwitting <laughs> participant in this She scam. reminds me of like the little daffodil lady in... in what is it like Alice in Wonderland or something? Or, or I'm trying. Or she reminds me of some cartoon dancing old lady flower character in some. It sounds like Alice in Wonderland movie. to me. Yeah. Or maybe it was the it was thing. The sword in the stone. Or was it the thing where it's the 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 walrus and the tort or the oysters and all that and they're dancing or something like? I'm, I'm picturing some old Disney animation of a. Nah, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I do like with with that woman in particular. I I love that they're actually stating the idea of like. She knows she's not paralyzed. Yeah. She knows, like, <laughs> yeah. she gets she gets so caught up in the thing that and she even, goes along with it without even realizing like what she's doing or yeah, what, it, yeah. what 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 situation. Because he, because I love how confused she looks when he's like, "You're healed." She's yeah. like, um, uh, "Am I?" He very, <laughs> yeah. he very well. He very carefully. He doesn't. He doesn't cue her on what's going on. Yeah. Because he never says anything about her being paralyzed. He says, how long have you had trouble with your bones? Yeah. And she's like... Which is a cold reading thing. Yeah, she just answers the question. And he goes, stand up, you're healed. And it's like, I guess I'm healed of my bone problem. But everybody everybody else thinks she's healed of the wheelchair. Yeah. 
And again, that's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how that works. That's exactly how it's they all do it. inference and There's implication. A story about and I'm sure everyone who's listening to this knows what cold reading is, but basically, it's the idea that when you it, it's basically how horoscopes how do. horoscopes work. That's the starting point where you say something really generic about someone, and whatever they tell you back, you sort of use as a clue to sort of dig deeper. And they think they're just having a, a, like a yeah, that's right conversation with you, but what they're really doing is giving you all the information, so you can drill down and be really fucking specific. Yeah. And unless you're prepared for that or don't see it coming or want to believe it or any of those things, it is terrifyingly specific and like it's uncritically assumed that they're exactly right and that's exactly what happened just now. Yeah. That's what cold reading yeah. is. Like you it, saw- basically, it's, it, basically, it's the person making a series of, of guesses. Inferences, it, it guesses and inferences and then based off of the information that you don't realize you're giving them they drill down yeah. like john edward did a tv show for john years edward, yeah. yeah uh cr- uncrossed cross crossed, crossed over crossing, crossing over, over. Yeah. crossing over where, where and, and, I, and i had at least one friend who's like have you seen that show it's amazing i'm like it's really not and i literally sat down with an episode and i go see what happened just there yeah he said something vague and the audience member filled in the blank yeah. for him because what, yeah. what he'd do like, oh yeah what he'd do is he'd, you know he'd have a room of like 400 people and he'd, he'd just point to the right side yeah. of the room and he'd go somewhere so, over someone yeah. over here had a has a, a relative who just passed yeah and and someone will go oh yeah this is me demographically or, or, or yes like, that's gonna be true yeah. or like it'll be like you know someone over here i'm, ki- I'm getting a very strong steven thing does it steven yeah. does somebody steven? knows somebody named steven. and of course someone in oh. that th- it's like the birthday uh th- birthday thing where it's yeah, like birthday yeah, if you put 69 people together overwhelming odds are that yeah. two well, people are because have uh, and and you, you if you watch him do that he goes i'm getting a steven thing and, and then he'll drop if it, he it, get, if it if he gets nothing he's like a steven or a, a scott or a simon like a, a simon an s name somewhere yeah. over here is an s name right uh, my uncle has an s name oh really how interesting <laughs> yeah. oh that's fantastic what, what are the odds he must be speaking now to me a, comedian, are, i saw a comedian did a great bit of that he goes he would go to the audience because is there an r in your name i thought not <laughs> <laughs> there's uh if, if you go on youtube you can find uh people doing cold like psychics quote unquote pretending to do cold reading and not succeeding, and yeah. it's the most. Well, yeah, even John Edwards. I mean, I mean they, they, there's there's stories from people who were on his team and they signed NDAs and then broke them, or the people who went to the audience who signed NDAs and then broke them. But they would record like five hours for their half an hour yeah. thingy, yeah. And, 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 and they'd bring in like six audiences, show the best to of. cobble together for one show. Now, the funny, the reason I brought this up in the first place is talking about cold reading. I, uh, I think it was on an episode of one of Penn Gillette's radio shows, but he was talking about at one point someone who had been talking with someone, maybe it was Randy, but and, and he was like, I, I want to try cold reading. It, it seems like I understand it. I wonder if I could pull it off. And he, he, he set up shop in like a, you know, you see those houses that have like a billboard out in front. So like I do tarot card readings yeah. and, cold, and all that stuff, uh, psychic readings and all that. He just set up one uh, like on Venice Beach or something like that and just spent a day doing that. And by the end of the day, he had gotten so good at it that he didn't he didn't miss one like he was just nailing it nailing it nailing it and he said um at the end of the day he had never hated people who do cold reading more he'd never been Hmm. more disappointed himself more mortified and horrified or ever hated charlatans more than that because that day he had been doing the exact same thing they do all the time and like convincing this grieving woman that her husband who just died and all this stuff and he's like this is the most sick fucking shit Mm mm-hmm and he, he, he like couldn't live with himself. He had to, he had to like chase down the person, he, whoever broke the straw where it's like, I can't do this. He had to chase them down and just totally take the whole humiliation hit where it's like, I was lying to you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's not real. Because he just couldn't deal with the fact like, this wow. is so fucked up. What's, what's interesting is, and as I was watching this, um, I'm struck, especially when he starts doing the, I mean, what, we're talking about cold reading. 
as we see in the, in uh, this sequence and the later one, this is what's called hot reading, which yeah. is they they have actually gotten specific information from these people and are feeding it to him yeah. surreptitiously and are feeding it to him, but it's not. The the audience member doesn't realize that because they didn't tell him that information, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't occur to them that that information has been passed to him. Um, it doesn't occur to them that anyone would bother to pass information about them, you know, to the to the preacher up on the stage. So when he when he mentions it, all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh my god! Like, wow, he, he, clearly, how, how else could he know that? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is, this is called hot reading, but when he's doing the hot reading later, it is very, uh, I was struck as how, um, compared to those kinds of psychics and stuff like that, how he is very careful and, and maybe, maybe it's supposed to be, I, t- I like to take it as it's a clue to his character. Like there, there is still that aspect of decency in him because the guy asks, you know, when's it going to rain? And he twists it around and right. makes it some whole emotional thing. And he's like, when's like, it going to stop? Yeah. Where I'm it's, like, it's going to rain were, two days after we exactly. leave town. Well, yeah, if it were, if it were yeah. Sylvia Brown, she'd be like, when's the truck fixed? Wednesday, Thursday, it's going to yeah. rain Thursday, you Peace. know? Yeah, and, but he but he never does that. Yeah. He always he always turns it into a thing where there's where where again kind of like a cold reading thing. They're supplying their own answer to it, but he's he's never giving them a specific or, or otherwise feeling like it was answer. answered. Yeah, yeah. James Randi has a book called which is still uh, kind of fucked up, but not as fucked up as just telling them outright. Yeah, really. <laughs> just just like you know making it up. Yeah. It, if you're interested in this stuff, um, pretty much everything in this in this uh, movie and, and a lot of other things too are also in a James Randi book called Flim Flam, which Flim basically Flam's good. Um, and there's a documentary too, right? There probably there is. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, I, I got that book years ago, and uh, and and one of, there's a and it has a whole bunch of these kind of scams and one that's not in this movie but one that I thought was like really especially cool is, is uh, it's called one ahead or look ahead where you have sealed envelopes from the audience where it's like write down your question mm. and seal it in an envelope and then we'll draw your envelope oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from a thing and it's called it, there, there's a little okie dokie do where you take one out and I you know without getting into the whole detail but basically you have you have you already you read you read a card, but then you by by sort of doing a little little small sleight of hand thing, then you pull out the next one, but pretend that's the one that you've already just read, right? So so yeah. then from then on you're one ahead of the ones. So you pull out the envelope and you say, okay, Selma Gordon, here's your sealed envelope. You've already opened hers because that was the one you did before right. that. You one. start right. with a plant, so you can so you know the question. Even though you're holding supposedly her sealed envelope, and that makes it look impressive. Now, now which, I was, which was kind of what uh, what Carson would would yeah uh, was, that's was, the, that's the, basically yeah Karnak. If, if Karnak was real, it was like yeah. that. So it was the the story about that is is at the time uh, my girlfriend at the time was in the Groundlings, and I I told her about this thing, and she was like, oh well, maybe we could do like so she had this character where she was like the child psychic, and we actually yeah. literally did this. In the show, in the Groundling show, where the audience would, okay, we're going to have you pass out these cards and, and fill and seal the envelope. We'll put them in a basket. And we did this whole sort of fake, you know, child psychic thing. And we actually did the, 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 the gag. Right. And the audience, you could feel they were uncomfortable. <laughs> they, they didn't laugh a lot because we were literally doing this thing that looked like true. Uh-huh. They were like, it was, they were like, they, they were, they were so trying to get their minds around how she was doing it <laughs> that they weren't finding it funny. <laughs> so so we only did it a couple of times because it was too good an illusion and spoiled the the joke part of it. How do you guys feel about the direction of this movie in terms of I think not, it's really not, well not done. photography? The photography is kind of, I go back and forth on it. Uh, I, I tend to like it, but it, it gets kind of muddy sometimes too. 
But the direction I think really works. I feel like this. It doesn't get in the way. All the Deborah Winger, Liam Neeson subplots could get so maudlin and over the top and gooey. And while they do add a different flavor to this movie, I don't think they are like out of place in it either. I kind of like what goes on there because it basically gives those scenes aren't there for a romance subplot. They're there for people to talk about Jonas or to explain exposition shit. Well, they're also it's it's also to. Um, I mean, I mean, ultimately, it is part of Jonas's story. When he leaves, when he abandons, you know, his his ministry and everything, it's there to let you know, like this this person who has been there for him the whole time. He's not leaving her in the lurch. Like she has this other option that she's been considering anyway. You know, she's she's she, he's leaving her with somebody to be for her what he's been for her, um, and <clears throat> and so that that's important so that. You don't have that moment at the end where you're like, well, he now everybody he just like he just screwed everybody. That's messed up. It just occurred a term just occurred to me that is is I think a useful analogy. I mean, it's obvious. I'm just I'm happy to have come up with a term. What this is doing, it's basically just a social engineering placebo. That's basically all this whole thing. Oh is. yeah, absolutely. You know, you slap someone and said you're cured or this sort of thing, and if someone's willing to believe that. It, you're oh, cured. It's so easy to get caught up in the oh, emotion yeah. of something yeah. like right. that. Yeah, and it's just a social engineering placebo. Yeah. You've just told someone who believes you that you're cured and you know something like you know spina bifida not so much but a gambling addiction if he thinks he's like he's overcome it thinking he's overcome it is equivalent to overcoming it yeah until you know you fall off the wagon or something that's our that's our favorite one is like oh yeah you can just i can cure that by just having you not do it anymore awesome you know (laughs) right and in which case then you're back to the argument of like and if he doesn't do it anymore then didn't I do a good thing regardless of what right. my what my motivation was? I've actually, if, has anyone ever actually been to a thing like this, a real one like this? Because I, like like I have. Because I have. I have. And it's I have, yeah. really interesting for me. This is a better show than the one I saw. Yeah, I, saw, this, I saw a big fancy this one. This is a better show than the one she, I saw too. Uh, she is amazing, by the way. Her, the, just her look of like She's Mitch McConnell in a wig. Yes, look yeah. She, she, she is up. Mitch McConnell in a wig. It totally is. Yep. So yep. when I was uh, take when, years ago, when I was uh, working with the uh, the what <laughs> <laughs> years ago, I was working with the uh, uh, investigations group for Psychop that has a local branch out here, and a bunch of us, a group of us, like five or six of us, actually went to a huge, scary, huge arena show of I forget which guy it was, but it's one of the guys who's big now. Um, Joel Osteen yeah or whatever but he does this he de- literally does this it's uh, all it's like you him. know chat 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 and the choir and then at the end he literally goes okay someone's got someone's got uh, asthma come on up and be cured of your asthma and lines form at the side of the stage and he does the laying on of hands and people go bah and uh, and it was just I've you know I haven't spent a lot of time since you know and since I was a kid in a church and here we were there was like five or six of us all you know all skeptics here just to kind of see what this is all about. And one of our guys, our lead guy, uh, went down to the stage and tried to get on stage because we were trying to, yeah. you know, we're going to do a write-up about it afterwards. Oh, did they smell him? Yeah, well, he just didn't make it. Oh, he okay. actually got it in the line, um, but uh, they, they just ran out of time. You know, no more healing. I'm sorry. God's, you know, God's got to be in bed by 10, so we can't heal the rest <laughs> of you. Sorry. But um, I, my main overall thing was I was... Because, you know, we're surrounded by people who are just, you know, doing the thing that's so alien to me and my experience where they just got their hand in the air and their eyes are closed and they're just hosanning. My dad calls those people antennas. And yeah, and it's like, I was, I'm sorry if you're one of those people, I was completely creeped out. I was yeah. like, I'm I'm amongst the pod people. I'm, yeah. I'm and I, I really, I really 
felt serious paranoia that they were going to sense the five of us were not, you know, <laughs> right. of and do the, the group. Donald Sutherland, and they were just going to turn on us and just like yeah. eat us or something, like, pull I you was, apart. It was really just to feel like, wow, this is thousands. I'm in a room of thousands of people. It was like, I mean. Pardon the analogy. I don't want a god when you know Christianity, but it was like if I was at Nuremberg and I was like a Jew, I'd be going, "Holy fuck, you guys! Yeah. They're yeah. gonna know. They're just gonna right. know that I." You know, but I'm, but you've also sensed that energy, so you can totally feel like if you're already predisposed to this, that's just yeah. Like, it's like I was. You know, it's like hyper tuning you. At, but and you also I was like, okay, God. I mean, boy, it's a, this is your shot. And you know, if you want to enter my soul, go for it. There's also that that you know the, there are probably people who are like, I don't want to feel out of place, and they put yeah. their hands up and stuff like, and so it just propagates well that is part of it the whole idea is like you know random person you bring them up a stage and you know what makes them go blah it's partly because partly motivated because they feel like that should happen yeah yeah Yeah. and you're and you're suggesting it to them they don't want to just stand there and though i got nothing i'm sorry it didn't happen Uh, yeah because then it's like exactly it's social pressure because they they you know these preachers design it so that well that's a you problem and you don't want to humiliate yourself and be poor in faith in front of all of these people do you right one of uh one of the craziest, most frightening uh, social experiments that I've ever read about is what's called the Ash Conformity Experiment. Have you ever read about this one? Yeah. No. Not no. by name. Please, go uh, on. So they they bring a, a person into you know, a room and there's like supposedly you know five or so other you know uh, test subjects, right? And they it's really simple. They have a, a, a thing up by the front with two lines that are clearly of different lengths oh i just i, I do just want to say this is the scene where he's like it's yeah. cheaper than a broadway show and you yeah. know they go home and and they feel better afterwards and they feel better afterwards and i i look at this and i go if you are a person of faith watching this movie i don't know how you can argue with it <laughs> yeah i don't know how you it's argue it's a good with point him. it's yeah. it's it's not a point i agree with but it's still it's still a point that has some validity to it I, well, it, it's, it, it's, it's not a point I agree with because I don't I don't agree that what he's doing has value even if he did believe it himself. But if but if you believe that the taking home that sentiment, taking home that hope, is what where the value is, then I'm like, how then how do you argue with him? Like, yeah, how, where yeah, is yeah. The, where is the difference? Yeah. Uh, okay, but, so, sorry. Yeah. So the Ash Conformity Experiment. Uh, they you know bring a subject in. There are uh, you know four or five other people also. And they just have a couple of lines on a board up at the front of the room that are clearly different lengths. And they say, are these lines the same length or are they different? Oh, lengths? I have heard this. And one, it's yeah. self-evident that they are two different <laughs> lengths. Uh, and what what the one test subject thinks is that the other people in the room are also test subjects. But in fact, they're not. They're you oh, know, in yeah. conspiracy okay, with, the, yeah, with, the, yeah, with the scientists, with the testers. Uh, and so they have all the other, you know, four or five people all say, no, they're, they're definitely the same length. And the last person who is act- the actual real test subject way more often than <laughs> yeah. it, than is yeah. comfortable to think about will go oh then yes i also think that they are the same length when they are clearly clearly <laughs> not it is yeah. self evident they are not so the the power of just oh these four other people and it's not even a big group like yeah. you're talking about and these arena even, preacher things with thousands yeah. of people it only takes a small group of people to all agree on a clearly false reality for a person to go and it's not even like oh well i sh- it's not even what you were saying where I better toe the line or they might kill me. It's they, four other people all agree on this. You assume you must be wrong. I must be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I must be incorrect. Uh, and and they've done a lot of, you know, they've tested a lot of different things. And so like, okay, if there's one other person in the room that disagrees, mm-hmm. and that actually goes a long way towards just having one other person in the room uh, essentially even like play a devil's advocate. Just go, okay, this... 
it's not unanimous therefore i feel more comfortable voicing a dissenting opinion but yeah it's it's rather frightening as like yeah. how easy it is to to get somebody to go no this this thing must clearly be yeah. the yeah. case even when I, it's not am i gonna believe them or my lion eyes yeah exactly yeah. I, I saw i saw there was a similar one just uh, about uh, people at crosswalks where they would do these uh, various different little engineering experiments where where like they have like a shabby guy <laughs> who you know it's it's too early the light hasn't you know the thing hasn't changed yet it's, it's safe to go but the light hasn't changed yet. and he'll you know you like like people do like head out into the crosswalk before it's actually officially yeah, changed. changed to yeah. the walk symbol um and if it's like shabby kind of you know guy then everyone will also kind of hang back like oh fuck that guy but if it's like a well-dressed like businessman looking guy yeah. who, everyone will kind of go with him mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, oh, i guess it's cool yeah it's cool to go and again it's it's there's so much of human behavior that's all about well who's the alpha and whoever steps up i'm the alpha like yeah. all right well then we're with you then mm-hmm. that's that's called the halo effect if yeah. it's if a person if a person is attractive or well put together, put together well, then they will be more persuasive in whatever argument they're making, uh, regardless of whatever it is. Or whatever action they're taking, people will be more likely to follow that action, even if that action it's is, stupid. is, is <laughs> not something you should do. It's a similar effect. I was just thinking about this the other day, the idea that if you're, if you're in a, there's a crowd of random people and an emergency happens... And and somebody says somebody call nine one one bystander. Nobody tend not nobody tends yeah. to do it. Yeah. If someone steps up and goes, you call nine one one. That yeah. person will tend to do it. Yeah. Or you go, you. What's your name? Yeah. Bob. Bob. Call nine one one. So you're basically you're 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 you're, you're yeah. That's called the bystander remo- effect. Yeah. The you're moving the ambiguity of it, and it's like yeah. you're giving someone a direct. You do this thing. This is your yeah. responsibility. And that, now. we're just triggered to go okay and do it, yeah. as opposed to waiting for someone to do it. Well, yeah, because our our natural tendency someone else in, will do it in, in, yeah. in those scenarios is to or I'm not empowered to do it. it. Yeah. You know, so someone else maybe should be the one to do it. Reminds me of your uh, your story from Japan with the smoldering trash. Yes. Yeah. Also, I told that story. I can just follow you around. You up, yeah. What this is, is Trey Doves. Trey has a story about this. <laughs> my, own, my own personal uh, in, impromptu uh, bystander effect experiment that I did with a thousand people on a subway platform in Japan, um, and, and and now I feel like if we can't annotate, what episode was that? <laughs> if you want to hear that story, listen to that. I have episode. no, I don't remember because otherwise we're totally totally teasing people. Sorry, we've anyway. done a month of content or something like that just yeah, on this podcast. To, Not we even don't even know what we've said or anything like that. I think it was on the fourteenth at like two p.m. Hmm. in our month. Lidovitovich. Oh yeah, are we doing the cosmic calendar of uh, <laughs> of down in front of your head now? And the Big Bang at the beginning, like the January first, no. on our particular calendar is just like blown out audio is and lots of chewing. Menace. Yeah, yeah, that too. By, by the way, the little um um the little bottle cap trick that he does there. I mean, you know, I, presumably it's obvious how he does it, but he does it really smooth. And the uh. I don't know if anybody else noticed in the credits, but uh, Ricky Jay was the yeah. Uh, not surprised. Not surprising at all that Ricky. I'm not Jay surprised that Ricky Jay was all over this. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, he's got his it's got his fingerprints all over it. Yes, Except like, it doesn't literally he isn't he credited as like scam consultant? Yeah, or whatever he's it like yeah. it's like scam and con consultant or something yeah. like that. It's like he knows he knows all everyone. I used to know what things. that move is called too. I was going to say French drop, but the French drop's a different thing. It's very similar. The French drop is when it's in your hand, yeah. but. Um, it's it's um, essentially a similar thing. Yeah, I used to know what it was called. I'm losing it, man. I'm losing it. That hobby is too far back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I can time. tell you all about fucking musicals and the pentatonic scale. That's <laughs> right. I got that now. 
This kid was around for a second, then like stopped being around. Yeah, I was thinking that watching this too. I was like, he was like he witness was Mars attacks and this. Yeah, that's all I got him from. Oh, Mars attacks. Okay. Yeah, he was, yeah, he's the kid in Mars, Mars attacks. attacks. Wasn't Natalie Portman in Mars attacks? She was. Yes, she was. Isn't is he the son and she was the daughter? Right. Yes. Yeah, he was they, the, or the they go the get grandma. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then everyone realized he looks kind of weird, actually. So yeah, he's, he's, he's growing up weird. He's, he's Speaking like, of which, he's I like nineties attractive. Yeah. I, just apropos of nothing other than it's topical. I saw Godzilla the other day. I spent all of Godzilla trying to place the lead actor, and got all the oh. way home to IMDb to go. Oh, it was fucking kickass. It was kickass. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't even. I, I was not figure that out. I didn't even recognize him. I it was. Yeah. I totally was. Didn't. I, I was astonished to learn it was kickass because I was like. I didn't even know that was a guy you were supposed to know. I thought they were just trying that guy out in the movie. Yeah. No, it was Kickass who like ate himself. Yeah. He's like kick double with, the size. Without the without the curly hair. I, yeah. I, I and he has I, the big old like I was like, the, he's got those weird eyes, but yeah. And the neck. Like he's got the, yeah. the neck muscles now, yeah. so his neck is wider. But he wasn't doing the kick ass voice, so you know. Yeah. I was totally and I was like, Wow, and I And one of his it's friends It's a shame I hated him in that movie because I like him. Yeah, exactly. And one of his friends in Kick-Ass, I think it's Quicksilver in Days of Future well, Past. Well, here's the interesting thing. One of his friends in, from Kick-Ass is Quicksilver in Days of Future Past, and he is Quicksilver in the next Avengers movie. What? Wait, Kick-Ass is? Kick-Ass is Quicksilver. <laughs> Kick-Ass, Quicksilver. I'm, I'm Kick-Ass is Quicksilver in, in that one, but yeah, because Marvel, Marvel uh, Fox owns the, you X-Men. know, has the X-Men, yeah. but Marvel is the Avengers, and Quicksilver, like, is over right. it kind it's like, of straddles both and so we have two quicksilvers coming out and they're the same character but they couldn't share an actor because they're technically different franchises it's like how fox owns firefly so they're both, but universal owns serenity yeah. so they're both but they're both kickass actors which is the weird part right but now is is the avengers uh kick uh quicksilver still the son of Magneto? <laughs> oh god how does that work well he wasn't the son of Magneto in x-men I'm lost. Yes, he was. Well, well they, they made no, a reference. He, no, yeah. he, he is, but they weren't allowed to say that. Here's, the other, to call him a here's the other weird thing. The uh, to, to my understanding, I haven't actually checked this, but I think it's the case. Uh, uh, in Godzilla, it's, uh, you know, Kick-Ass and Elizabeth Olsen are married. In um, in Avengers, Avengers, they're siblings. Yeah. <laughs> Stop this! Yeah. Creepy. Anyway, back to the movie. Can't this sec. kid get a role? Why <laughs> yeah, is Kick-Ass really. getting all the roles? Yeah, really. With well, they were going to make him Quicksilver, but... Yeah, but he's know, on Crash. You know. so this this scene, I like, you know, I love this scene because it it really, it really it sums up Steve Martin's character where she gives him this whole story and Steve Martin's like, wow, I got nothing. I, <laughs> I, you have, you are, you are my kryptonite lady. You and your, you and your brother. I'm just gonna walk well, away. It's, it's like I'm the, not even gonna try. I it's got like nothing. yeah, it's like the cold reading or your con artists or scams in general. It's like knowing when you're not gonna win and dropping <laughs> yeah. it as quickly yeah. as possible. And you're just on. just gonna get worse. And he's like, there's no, there's no way I'm winning this one. So I'm so dropping. This might it. be a point where we can talk about some of the changes they made for the musical uh, in terms of trying to streamline it and just do the adaptation shit. And when you you know we've we've done that before when we were fixing a movie, quote unquote, we'd be like, ah, those characters, we don't need Dave Foley and Blast from the Past. It's that kind of shit in the musical. Okay, let's see if I get this right. Jonas Nightingale is still Jonas Nightingale. His sister takes the role of Deborah Winger in terms of she is his cohort. She is the one who's hot reading him or helping with that. She's that person. The sheriff is Deborah Winger. Or Okay, I'll stop doing this. The sheriff is a woman that he is simultaneously trying to get with, and they have the same sort of, you know, disagreement that Liam Neeson and he have in this movie where she doesn't believe any of this stuff. And the sheriff's kid is the kid in the wheelchair. Oh, wow. Oh, so they cut the waitress. They cut, oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
So, I like that, actually. Yeah, and it, it gives you the, you know, it, it's better for musical because that basically gives you the opportunity to do these, like, sexual undertony sort of duets where they're also, a, like, tangos and shit where, like, they disagree with each other, but there's also this attraction there and all that. They didn't do that, but they, you could have done that. Oh, um, well, <laughs> what's the point if you're not going to do that? Right. Here's, here's uh, the midriff shirt. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, here's the here's the interesting thing wow. to, to me about what they do in this movie is the fact that the most legitimately... For for him, you know this this preacher who's who's you know talking about the Christianity and stuff like that. The most legitimately what you would you know what we call in America Christian. The most legitimately loving thing he does is be a complete dick to this kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that, he's just being a jerk to this kid to try and shake him out of this this. So you that know, he can get better. Hate. So he so that he can get better. He's he's completely trying to disillusion him <laughs> yeah. deliberately so that he can he can help uh, fix this kid because he actually cares about this kid. The one person he cares about, he shows by being a jerk to. <laughs> but what's funny is a level above that. This movie is strongly indicating that whatever he has going on with his legs is psychosomatic the whole time. And if he had just gone to doctors like Jonas is trying to get him to do, it would have just reinforced his psychosomatic tendency to think that his leg is wrong, as opposed to just having some weird spiritual experience where he's like, they're fine, and yeah. his brain Poten- unclicks. I mean, potentially, or you you wonder if it's, if it's like you say, kind of... Or if he was just I, amped up. I, I don't him. know about psychosomatic, but just the kind of yeah. thing where it's... it's He's better now, but he just assumes he's stuck yeah. on the crutches. He's, he it, hasn't tried. Yeah. His miracle might have as much to do with the fact that, you know, he works out and lifts yeah. weights and, you know, and tries to stay in shape and, it's and been, be healthy. And it, it's been three or four years, I yeah. think she says, since the other preacher, so he's yeah. had time to recover. It's, 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 uh, his legs are still clearly weak. Yeah, you know, it's not like he gets up and, and, and he's not tap dances. Ex- he's not exercising either. Yeah. yeah. Right. The... Um, as as Pendulette, it was Pendulette, uh, and he was probably wasn't, wasn't the first to say it, but uh, it was in whatever I think it was one of their pen pen and teller books about talking about faith healing. I was like, okay, look, here's the thing about faith healing: if there's some medical problem you have, and you do absolutely nothing, one of three things happens: <laughs> it gets better, it stays the same, or it gets worse. Right. If you did nothing, that's what happens. Right. Now, if I come up and wave my hands over you and claim I did something, one of three things will happen. <laughs> it will get better, in which case, dig me, right? It'll stay the same, which is like, well, at least we stopped it in its tracks. Or right. or you didn't have enough faith. It'll get worse, and I'll, you know, tap dance away and go, well, I, you need to come back once a week for a couple of months, and, you know, yeah, we'll do yeah. that. So, so, yeah, the idea is like... Sometimes, you know, he, he, do, he wasn't born this way, and it's, you know, he, it's an injury, yeah. and... You could say, well, you know, give give it enough time, he gets better again, and uh, that's that could be the answer. And then but that's again, another pair of crutches at the Goodwill, exactly. Or, or you know, you could say, well, no, God stepped in. I mean, there's no evidence, you know, that to to either way. So again, that's where I love the ambiguity of this movie. It doesn't say clearly it's a miracle that he can walk. Yeah, you don't have to like swallow that to accept what happens in this movie. But if you're inclined to believe that. You can say the movie is saying that and be okay with that too. Yeah, the the thing about random chance is that it's still going to work out in your favor half the time, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's and that's that's the part that's hard for our our brains because our brains are not really designed to handle statistics. And statistics is how you understand actual yeah. correlation. Our brains are designed to assume patterns. Yes. Yeah. Our, our brains, like, you know, we, you know, we always say correlation is not equal causation, but our brains are literally hardwired to <laughs> yeah. assume that correlation yeah. equals causation. I hear a twig snap. That means there's a tiger, which means I got to go. Yeah. So exactly. It's like, it's like so. And I, I just again, it's an interesting it's a it's a 
it's a mindset. There's a mindset of that that I can't I can't even fathom. I mean, it's like you know, there's a flood and a it, a flood goes through town and ten thousand people are killed and there's a baby in a bassinet they find alive and they go, it's a miracle. It is so not a miracle. Yeah. That is so not a miracle. That is so clearly random chance. It's like if there's a miracle, it's not even statistically what about, significant. What about these other ten thousand people? It'd what, be yeah. a miracle what, if all the people lived anyway. Like despite the fact that they all inhaled yeah. lungfuls of water, they were all yeah. fine the next day. Yeah, the other, that one didn't die. That's like that's America. I can't believe more didn't live. Shit. <laughs> yeah, really. The other thing uh, is that we and this is something else that they, they do a lot in like college statistics classes or graduate statistics classes. Though they will have students. Uh, okay, write down what a, a random sequence, right? Like uh, of yeah. heads and tails. Oh, sorry. Here's the yeah. here's the cold. Here's the cold reading, reading with where the, again. Clues. Sylvia Brown. How long do I have? Five years. He's like, <laughs> how long do I have? You just got to make the most of it. You know, yeah. it's, he's just he's just giving him platitudes. He's not giving yeah. him lies. It's not necessarily a, again. It's not necessarily a bad thing that yeah. he's doing. <laughs> it's like you have to kind of go. He's he's really he's giving him like I. I I completely buy his explanation, even though it's a cynical one. It's yeah. like, look, I, I, they, they feel a little better when they yeah. walk out. I mean, if they hadn't, then you know, they want to hear, they want to hear somebody say this, so I say it for yeah, them. So yeah. I say it for them, and they, they, yeah, they come. To this, go is, on. this is what they're looking for, and this is what also what will help them. And it's not an honest way to help them, <laughs> yeah. but it, it is still help. But uh, sorry, uh, yeah, you were yeah, saying. So, that. so the other thing is that our our brains are also not good at. Uh, knowing what is random or being able to generate randomness on our own so they'll they'll do things saying you can do okay take five students whatever and go okay generate a random heads tails sequence uh and just do your best to make it as random as you think it can be and then here i will also flip a coin and actually create an actual random sequence and the thing is there their will random all, is way too random their their random is too random there are way fewer like streaks of with the actual coin flip, you will have much more uh, streaks of you know six or seven heads in a row or eight tails in a row or whatever. Uh, and we as humans go, oh well, the the longer the streak is, the less random that is. Yeah, but I got to mix it up. Yeah, to be exactly. Random. I've got to mix it up so it'll be random. Heads, but, tails, heads, heads, tails. But tails, actual heads, randomness tails. doesn't right think that way or behave that way. There's another really cool one like that, and I can't remember the exact rule, but look it up because it's fascinating. But there's a thing where when people are asked to create a random string of numbers, or more typically, when someone is in the position to be checking for like the validity of numbers that someone is you know supplying them with numbers, like it's your um. Uh, uh, like how much damage was done to your car in a dollar value or something like that. When someone's supplying a number to someone else, one way they can check for whether or not that's a fake fucking number is uh, people are statistically... Uh, real numbers in any scenario are statistically way more likely to have certain numbers in them than other numbers. People tend to think of one through nine as being any number of those could happen randomly equally. It actually works out that like one is twice as common as two and two is a third as common as three and stuff like that. Just because given any number of digits in the number you're talking about, there's going to be less nines in it than there's going to be ones because there's all these tens. There's only so many nineties. There's all these one hundreds. There's only one nine hundred, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then just the number one appears way more than the number two and all that stuff. So people will tend to have numbers that have way too many eights in them and stuff like that just because they're trying to fill in a random seems plausible random number. But when you follow this rule, which I forget what it's called or even what it is, there's a thing where it's like, yeah, this number it is overwhelmingly likely that this is a bullshit number because numbers don't do this like this very often. Yeah. So the point is 
There are, there are, there brain, are like a thousand ways this could not be this number, and only one way it could. Your brain cannot accurately figure out what is real and what is not on its own. <laughs> yeah. It's just not built for it. Or in that case, you haven't actually noticed the real pattern. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, guys, numbers do a thing, typically. This has got to be a very heavy coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be held aware. And held aware inside out, too. Ouch. Jeez. I can't believe that they couldn't make this work as, as a... I, I know. It's like, I know. It, it seems yeah. like it's, because he makes the because he it makes seems the like whole, it's so tailor made. He a makes the whole show. point that I'm basically doing a Broadway show. Yeah, like you would you would think they'd be able to kind of play with the form, they be like, be, yeah. what is the difference? And, uh, you, you, yeah, like, like you come out into the audience and work the audience, yeah. like actually work the audience and have that be part of the show. It's like, yeah, how does this? I not- love that they don't they because we've established that they just they, you know they have a, a barrel full of crutches and stuff like that. They show them throwing walkers and crutches. And and you don't even have to see the people. You just know, okay, that person didn't come in with that. And that's <laughs> yeah. why he's doing that. Just throw it across his ass. Yeah, the fact the the whole thing about the musical blows my my wee mind. Just <laughs> yeah. that it happened, great. That it sucked, huh? That Alan Menken kind of dropped the ball in the music. No, like just it. I, yeah. I can't. I can't. I, it's I, like, I, can't it's like, I, I understand why it's hard to turn Spider Man into a musical. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I, I lethally hard. Yeah, but it's like I. It seems How like it's in retrospect, it's like this is so ready to go, and it's like when you're talking, especially about, when you made the changes that they yeah, were. You're ta- when you, well, you're talking about the changes. I'm like, I, think, I don't know. They sound like I'm not. I'm not thrilled with with the sound of that. But still, the idea, the core of this, and what it is. Yeah, you can mix and match the the you know the story that's going around it, but come, how do you not? Well, one the, of the, idea, the idea of turning it into it's mainly the revival, and so you're going you're going to see this revival, yeah. and that's the experience of the show. That's that's a brilliant device. Yeah, yeah, that's so brilliant. I could also see how it could hamstring you. Maybe that was the problem because when you do that, and it's supposed to be in the context of you're in this tent, and they did a thing like this shows up in the songs a lot, where you would hear in the crowd, you wouldn't see, in this case, his sister. And like cut to her talking to a microphone, you would just hear like a Skype sounding phone mm. call sounding thing over the loudspeakers where it's like this lady has this and her address is that sort of thing. Um, but I also wonder if, if you put it, I agree that it's a really clever implementation, but you also lose the ability to leave that unless you make excuses for why we're hearing something that's not the set in front of us. So I can see how that might have fallen apart. But from the reviews I was reading, it sounded more like... Uh, I haven't seen it, so I, I'm just casting someone else's aspersions now, but it sounded like the actors didn't seem, for some reason or another, the actors didn't seem to be into it. Like, like the guy playing Jonas was maybe or maybe not the right guy for it, but he didn't seem like he was convicted the way... Steve Martin fakes the conviction when he's on stage really well and really appealingly, and I guess that that wasn't going on, and like the, the choir people and the actors didn't seem to be that into it. Like Everyone kind of didn't want to be there sort of vibe was going on. I don't know if that was part of it. It was just... It's just baffling. Like, how the fuck did that happen and then not happen? Yeah. Did you just have a cast and crew that weren't on board with the show? Again, they were rushed. There was a lot of changes in the rehearsals. People having to learn new lines and shit. Maybe they were struggling to remember and not being able to perform because they were still working on the next line. Like, what was it going to be? It sounds like maybe it was a thing where because it was rushed, you know, there was maybe some not not to say mismanagement, but, you know, maybe they weren't really happy with the, the cast and crew weren't really happy with the producing of it. And, you know, unhappy employees creates an unhappy product. Funny thing, I when, I, when I was watching this yesterday, because like I said, I have seen it before, but I don't, didn't really remember it. So I'm watching it and he gets, you know, he gets busted <laughs> by the cop and he goes, he goes off to the side and like, 
and I'm watching this going, oh, come on. You can totally spin this. <laughs> like, I even know, having having been, you know, part of the part of the religious world and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, come on. You know what, takes, you, know that, what you said to say now. Yeah, I'm like, it takes five seconds for me to be like, all right, I know exactly yeah. how you go out and okay. solve this, man. Here's how I jujitsu this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, of course, exactly what he does. I'm like, okay, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's actually one of the things we talk about... Um, because this is something that's also very rare and unusual. We, we remarked on it in, of all things, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on other similarities between <laughs> these two movies. But but that there's this at the core of this movie, there's this very un-Hollywood relationship between Deborah Winger and Steve Martin because they're not a couple. Right. Yeah. They're co-workers. In fact, they, you know, they support each other in going out and getting some action. Right. Yeah. You know, separate from each other. And yet there is a bond that, you know, they have this very clear bond. That's that's the core of the story here, which is presumably this might actually be one of the best examples. You would never you would never think of it when this conversation happens to you when it happens. But like, can you name a movie where there's a basically a male and female pair of leads that aren't in a relationship and and un- are just like friends and that's and not- aren't trying to be in a relationship? Yeah. And the movie isn't about oh, eventually they're going to yeah. be in a relationship. Yeah. Because, I mean, un- it's it's unfortunate they're that not siblings when yeah. they were yeah. it, well, it's when they when they adapted it, they were like people won't believe that we have to make them brother or sister. Oh, or they yeah, see, that's that's, I, yeah. that's another difference. That change. Yeah. I forgot about that. There's another difference. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and again, I was reading this just from the songs, so there might have been more lines and, and prose and dialogue that just didn't end up in the album so I don't know them but it sounded an awful lot like in the musical they definitively said the rain is a miracle God is real that sort of thing like it was a really well, then, serious boo they, 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 yeah. took, they took out the boo ambiguity hiss. Yeah. boo hiss but they were and the other thing was my understanding was they were courting like religious folks like they were tra- like like oh my god no one's coming to this and they're like sending out like oh like that's why they changed it they changed it to make it uh, expressly religious to try and get more people in probably. possibly but yeah. it was like thing where it's like oh my god no one's coming to the show who 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 can we just start advertising to with oh the god, best so we'll, just, we'll yeah. preach to the choir and it's yeah. like you realize this is a, a fucking show about a dude swindling those people right maybe not those people but and, but he's redeemed they love that story yeah but uh, well and yet yeah, Book of he's Mormon. a sinner who is yeah. redeemed exactly Book of Mormon just didn't have to do that, and and people on much like this, people on both sides, uh, you know, find find. The, I really, and I've, I've tried very hard, and and please help me continue in that quest to not know anything about what the hell happens in Book of Mormon. No, I've because I whenever I mention it, I'm very careful. I'm like, nope, don't want it. I don't want to give it away. Just it's really I was interesting hoping to see it. Do. It's playing here in town, yeah. or it's closing any day now, and I haven't been able to get out to see it. I and I really want to see the Book of Mormon because. It's like I want to know how how is what is in that show that makes it so appealing, and no one's picketing it. I just I need to know. <laughs> I need to know what Mormons that is, especially it. when I know that the big showstopper is a song called "Fuck You, God." Yeah, I you know I just I want to know how they pulled it off. And Mormons love it. Like they're all over that musical too. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I don't know Go how. Figure. Well, it's because it's. It's because it's because it's essentially promoting them. They know the they know the part where it's like all that matters is that people are saying the word Mormon over and all, over, and it's in the you know it, it's in the it's gaining validity just by zeitgeist. repetition. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so now the the reversal is complete, where he totally jujitsu. They're like, all right, fine. You want to be a non-believer, okay? But that's on you, pal. Yeah. Because we're doing the real Lord's work here. Well, and he, and he's saying that, you know, I, it makes me a better preacher that I was such a bad yeah. person before. Everything you said is right, and that makes me a better p- preacher. And then he tells everybody to, to take their money back, knowing... <laughs> interestingly... And having that be a scam. Or yeah, psychology having, or that, yeah. having that be a scam. But also, the interesting thing is, he's telling all of them, 
you know, you give whatever you give will come back to you tenfold. He knows that that's how this works. As long as if they take it back, if he allows them to take it yeah. back and then he even sweetens the pot by scamming them extra. He's like, oh, we're going to be rolling <laughs> yeah. in it yeah. the next time those buckets come around. You guys walked right into that one. <laughs> yeah. You're going to put in a hundred next time, aren't you? <laughs> Brike, Brian and Mike, are there change? Are there Don't changes? Do that. oh, That's wow. not a thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Brian Borkman, Mayan. Borkman. I would go with that. On the, I on would the go license with plates. Fenorkman. Myself, yeah. But, yeah. Are there changes you would make to this structurally or in any sort of creative screenwriting detail? You know, you you could make that argument if you wanted to insist that all movies had to conform, but I don't think it is necessary yeah. to do so. Plus, I'm not sure this is a hero's journey. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is in that respect. But I uh, I might cut out the the Deborah Winger subplot uh, if we're just looking for running time. The her relation. I mean, I it's a little yeah, it's a I little like hard, it, but it's just hard to swallow. The, but the, well, the uh, movie it just feels long, and it feels like there's there's fat on it. And I like it as it's as on its own as a self-contained thing, but if we were looking to get the running time down, which I think it could use, I would get this is what I would get rid of. I will say, and actually, I I it it actually it works for me. It's not like it takes me out of the movie. The scene we're in right now, where where but it does violate the William Goldman rule of if you tell the guy's whole backstory and go, "Isn't that sad?" Yeah, that's actually worse than just going, "It's so sad." I'm not even going to tell you what happened to that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, this is a setup for the payoff of what he's going to do yeah. with, with the kid. But I think it's a little too on the nose of, you know, that you could just you could have cut that entire thing where she specifically says. This is what happened to him. And she just says, look, if if Jonas was up on top of a book depository, it wouldn't surprise me considering what he's been through. Wow, but that's way not. darker. When you just say that by itself, that's yeah. way darker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Your mind fills in like the most horrible yeah. thing you can imagine, right. which is so much better than anything I would come up with. You need to stop judging Jonas. It wouldn't surprise me if he was up on a book depository with a rifle. Mm-hmm. Just back off of him. Like, yeah. holy shit, what happened to Jonas? Exactly. It's like, tell me that story. I will never tell you that story. <laughs> so, so, and I think you could still get the echo of that later with, the, you know, by some turn of phrase or whatever. But, you know, when, he's, when he gives that hint to, to uh, the kid when he says, you know, just tell the kid that if someone actually doesn't show up, it doesn't mean they don't care about him or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Obviously, that's, you know, there's the echo there. But I think you could still have had that moment. Without, without specifically you even, saying you can where even it came use that from. to poignantly inform what happened to Jonas. Yeah, exactly. It just yeah. gives you a clue of yeah that you can go. Oh, someone abandoned him when he was a kid, and that's all you would need to know. You know, so it would also. Make I think it, it's just too, I, so. Yeah, if, if I was tightening the movie up, I think I would leave, leave out Deborah Winger specifically going. Here's his tragic backstory. That just drop that right out. Uh, it would also make it uh, land better. I think if she were. If you were to say to to Liam Neeson, you know, it's like, well, how about you stop being quite a little so judgy, huh? Why don't you try to be a little more Christ-like and and not constantly judge, you know, uh, Jonas? Because you don't know what he's been through. It wouldn't surprise me if you were off. It's kind of interesting, the movie. I don't think the movie ever asked him, well, where do you land on this whole thing? He's like, here to keep the peace, but we don't ever find out, you know, well, is he he upset? I mean, he's, he's clearly upset because he's kind of pragmatic and he's like... I know you're a huckster and these people have been through enough and you're taking their money and that's you know I'm that's my job to stop people from stealing money from my townspeople that's mm-hmm. clearly my job but that never gets into the question of what as far as believing where do you, where does he land and that's one thing that does get sort of short up when you do the, the the musical combo where it's he is also the girl who is like fucking one of you told my son 
that, yeah. et cetera. He didn't have enough yeah. faith. That, you know, but... I yeah. will say... At as, what cost? And what roadie wears that shirt? <laughs> I will say <laughs> as an atheist, roadies. I take a little bit of an issue with that, with because that's a, a Hollywood trope of, you know, the Hollywood atheist, quote unquote. Right. You're, you're only an mad. atheist if, if yeah. you're mad at God for having wronged you in some way, like, you know, paralyzing your little brother or something, or, you know, you lost a parent or whatever. That's why you've rejected God because of this traumatic event. Yeah. As and opposed to just being like, I don't just, think if it's, someone again, can just talk to you and make you feel yeah. better about it. Then and again, it's the mindset God. of God is the baseline and right. you're the right. outlier. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's how that that's that worldview. And, right. you know, for the record, there are a lot of people who are who would identify as atheists who that is the case. That's true. But, but they are also like overwhelmingly likely to be the ones who are like, oh, I'm a Christian again. Yeah. They're the yeah. One, they're the ones who but relapse. People, yeah, people exactly. genuinely get mad at God and, and just you know, don't go to church forever right. and stuff like that. But that's, and that's, that's uh, a different thing. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, you cannot be mad at something unless you believe it exists. So if <laughs> yeah, you are so, mad yeah. at God, even if you say you don't, you know, yeah. even if you say you're not a Christian or anything anymore, it's like, that is still there. That never went away. So yeah. you can't yeah. come back and say, I, I was an atheist, but then I can't. It's I don't like, no, hate no, no, no. God any more than I hate hobbits. Yeah. I, you know, or, or, or Darth Vader. Yes, exactly. No, fuck Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. I actually fuck that, yeah. No, no, but, well, at least Darth Vader was redeemed in the end. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I yeah. don't believe in Darth Vader, but fuck that guy. <laughs> Well, exactly. That's the that's the that's the example I give when when people are like, because you talk about you know, uh, God in the Bible being like, especially the Old Testament God being like that guy's he's the bad guy. I don't know how you yeah. get get around the fact that he's clearly the villain of the story. And people are <laughs> like, how how can you say? Well, how can you even say that if you don't believe in him? Well, like, I don't believe in a lot of villains who are clearly the villain <laughs> yeah, of their right, story. Right, yeah. like, <laughs> you're the one telling me the story. I'm just yeah. going along for the ride. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the story is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here we go. Now it's and see, John is boosted the economy. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's, that's that's and that's what I love about this movie is that it really doesn't like it doesn't really tell you. How okay, to so in the that. end, in terms of tangible in the end, those effects, guys were right and those guys were wrong, right? I'm going to tell you a story because he comes he comes out of well, I mean, you know, right before he he go goes off into into whatever his life is going to be, you know, after hitchhiking. Which, by the way, whatever happened to that? <laughs> all those murders, I guess. Yeah. Um, the but. He go, goes out of the tent and he looks around at all the people and he goes, he goes, this, this is me. Behind me is a scam, but in front of me right. is something real that is happening because of it. No, exactly. You know, it's it's like, a community that's been created and been brought together. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to leave out some details, but I'm going to tell you a story. This guy came into town one time. <laughs> he he th- shot the economy through the roof. Some people who were walking around with crutches aren't anymore. <laughs> yeah. Some people made some money out of it. Everyone had a great time. And then he left. The end. We hate that guy. Right. What like, an evil I, bastard. Now, bear in mind, I'm making an argument for him. I still don't really like Jonas, but the, you could tell that story that way. And it's like, that is the tangible shadow left behind by this, this event. Like, that's what happened. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like no one was murdered. There was no cyanide and Kool Aid. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. he came in, boosted the economy, made some people some money, gave people jobs, cured a few people, left, and yet done. The, and yet the ambiguity of it is the guy who did all that said, "I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, because I don't feel right about it. That's <laughs> like because of the way I did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, not since not since Constantine. If you had a non Hollywood ending like that, like how am I going to win that? I'm going to sit there and kill myself which by the way what's, your, what's, your, guys's, win. what's your guys's interpretation of the decision he makes or his reasoning for leaving like he makes it he makes a there's a great compelling point about how you can always get around the cost but you can't get around the real thing which indicates that 
either he thinks the kid was really cured or he thinks the kid is a really excellent con man. No, I don't think he thinks the kid is a con man. I think he thinks he's like, okay, I'm, I run around like, you know, I, I, I sell hope to people for, for my own gain. You're just here giving hope to people (laughs) and I cannot compete with that. And I don't, and he realizes, and I don't want to, it feels wrong. Like that, that's the most interesting thing about him is, when when this miracle or whatever it is happens, he's furious about it. Yeah. And initially, in part because he... he it, it took the spotlight. The, it took the spotlight, and he believes it's a con. He's he's just angry that he feels like he's been conned. But I think there's also a part where where it's because it's it's reflecting back on him and making him think about what he's doing. And that's part of what makes him so angry about it. Uh, because he ultimately turns around and goes, I cannot... I cannot do this. I cannot, you know, when, when the, the kid wants to, as he says, run away and join the circus, he goes, can't, I cannot allow that to happen. The fact that, the fact <laughs> that you were a genuine person and you were bringing real hope to people and then to twist you and use that and for you to want me to do that, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't right. do this. Because at that point, even when he's having that conversation, the kid thinks Jonas is legit and the show yeah. is legit and he wants to go and do testimonials and stuff like that. Yeah, Jonas knows that it's not legit, and and, and tells and, him and cure other people presumably. Right, right. Like, let me, you know, we can we can do this for other people. You did this for me. You can do it for other people. And it's like I, I'm not gonna have you on my bus thinking yeah. that. That's I'll kill myself. Can't be doing. Or it. you will. Yeah, exactly. There's part of that too. It's the fact that he's he actually has unfortunately for him, you know, formed this bond with this kid. Like I don't want to disillusion you, yeah. and then that's what will happen. So as you said. Early on, it's like, so I'm going to do the kindest possible thing, <laughs> which is do the cruelest possible thing I can to you. <laughs> I'm going to make you stop believing in me. Right. Yeah, man. And just then, like that episode of Doctor Who. Just like that. <laughs> I hadn't considered prior to what Trey was saying in the intro about the ending where the when the rain starts and the thank you, Jesus, and all that. I never took the thank you, Jesus, as a legitimate thing. I think it was no. more like he was sort of sardonically saying Yeah, that's just a thing you say. But the, but the, but the rain and the meaning of that, and like it's a really long montage of like, oh my God, the rain and hooray and hooray and hooray. And it feels like, just by way of film grammar, they're saying something, even though they never actually do. But the, that coupled with the not knowing why Jonas left, that ambiguity I had not come to terms with until this podcast. Because I was originally like, eh, that's weird. They should have said one thing or the other. It, I hadn't, I hadn't considered the fact that they don't say anything about it being a selling point of it. It hadn't been a thought I'd had. So, <laughs> and it may not. And I, I think it probably isn't for most people. It just is for me. I just really appreciate it. Well, the yeah, fact. but the movie allows that to happen. Yeah. And there's no way that's an accident. Like, there's no way they forgot to say <laughs> to yeah. say it right. was angels. It's not yeah. like they forgot to say that. Yeah. It's like they decided, maybe, maybe. They don't have an opinion one with the other. They just want to leave that open. But in any case, it's not an accident that it's not more clear. It's interesting. I was watching this yesterday and going, this is 1992. We're we're at the scene where he's showing the monarch butterflies. I'm going, that's... That's a real just fuckload of butterflies because now you <laughs> yeah, do it digitally. Exactly. But they actually had to get a bunch of butterflies out there and have them fly away when he claps yeah. his hands. Liam Neeson has one particular skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very particular. He could call the butterflies. He's like Aquaman, but for butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> or Snow White. I, so it's still, probably that, a I more effective power than Aquaman, yeah, quite I, frankly. I haven't seen Taken. Is that how he gets his daughter back? Yeah. With, with the butter, in the, the end, power yeah. of the butterflies? And they come and they put a cocoon on the bad guy. Oh. It's really, it's cool. Oh, by the way, did anyone else think just editorially that they could have... <laughs> that scene was, 
Yeah, by the way, do you want to get in on this? Everyone on the crew has a pot where we're, we all put in a word or phrase. We have to get Jonas to say it on stage or he yeah. gives us 20 bucks. Do you want to know what mine is? And then it, and then she says, it's yeah. aluminum siding. And then it cuts to him saying, aluminum, aluminum siding. siding. Yeah. Right. Don't you think it would have been better if it's like, do you want to know what mine is? <laughs> yeah. Aluminum siding. Like, or, yeah, yeah. or, or and by the way, Jonas least, totally folds it in. He's like, aluminum yeah. siding. Yeah. You don't need those fancy pools. The you don't need things these, in life. these pieces of luxury. <laughs> but, I, wanted, I wanted to see more of... Them just them just sitting back and watching, and then as it comes up, like ah, fuck, I yeah. lost my. Ah. So so you would yeah. cut back to people just randomly uh, during yeah. parts of his thing when he says something kind Pink of rape. strange. When he says something kind of strange, you cut to Meatloaf going, "Fuck, that was mine. He got yeah. it. He did it. No, <laughs> and he hat. made it work." So uh, most of this, uh, uh, you know, like going back to the the structure of the musical and and just how kind of simple the the movie is most of this takes place during these revival meetings like most of the movie is taken up i think the first one is a good 20 minute sequence it's a long they show practically the whole thing if you were really sitting there now you were saying earlier that this is really short third act it's not i i wouldn't i think the third act starts after the kid is healed yeah i think we're still in the second act i think that's that's the major turning point into the third act which is only about 15 minutes long Okay, well, the the act one act. Two I mean, break. if you if you want to argue and inter enforce it into three acts, we could probably argue that this is like a six or seven act story. Yeah, you know, what's the act or one the act story two circle work? if we're Dan Harmon? If we're gonna do yeah. that, Dan Harmon, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, at that point, you're just overcomplicating things. Right? <laughs> at that point, <laughs> you're just going in circles. Like, yeah, every story is a three act structure at its core, and then when you talk about beginning, six, middle, end, yeah, yeah, beginning, middle, end, and then when you talk about six and seven acts, you're then you're just talking about you're just subdividing the breaks. middle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> practically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, talking about TV episodes. I mean, yeah. and and even six and seven acts really is just like, well, there's still a beginning. There's things that happen in the middle, and then it ends somehow. It's right. still yeah. the three the, acts the one, are still the one there. that I always liked you're just the most. Them. If you're going if you're going beyond three acts, the one I always liked is five, because then it's like, typically, I don't know about you guys, I always have very little trouble writing act one, or even really act three. It's act two where it's like, hmm. Well, that's, that's a, we got to put that's, stuff that's in here. That's the famous saying. Right. It's like, oh, I'm having Act Two troubles. Right. Everybody is always. That's why. I like that's it. because Act Two is the story. Right. It's yeah. easy to come up with the beginning it's, and end. Yeah. It's telling right. the the but middle. What, that's that's why I like. Yeah. That's why I like the five though, because then it's like, okay, you can just the the three in the middle. Can treat that as its own little thing. Yeah, and, and that makes sense to me too. It's right. got, it, that itself is the okay. That's the adventure. Yeah. And that too should have a rising and a falling action, right. and you can you can certainly break it up that way. Yeah, I, I like to look at it as as a fractal thing. You know, you've got the beginning, middle, end yeah. of the total thing, and then you zoom in on each one of those pieces, and that yeah. also has well, a beginning, in solid middle, scene end. writing, every scene has a beginning, a beginning middle, 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 and end, and has a rising and a falling action, yeah. and you know ends differently than where it started. Exactly. And, and with British newscasters, every line has a beginning, middle, and end, and a rising and falling action. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think I, BBC NewsHour from London. You were you were saying you can't just really phase in and out of the human spectrum of hearing. You were saying you can't you you really you know you can't like Jonas and and if you're going to argue that that as a huckster you know it's just there's a blanket. Problem I've with argued that, both sides of it in this podcast. That's right? fine. Yeah, but but I have to say you know again, just the very fact. That as soon as he sees the kid, he goes, "Oh fuck this!" Yeah, oh, I'm you know? oh, nope. And not because it's going to, and not because it's going to humiliate him. He's not afraid of that. He's afraid of what it's going to do to the kid. I think I think it's both. I think he has I, redeeming qualities. I think it's it's he knows he can't heal the kid. Yeah. 
he knows that that's bad for business. I th- I, I read it that way. Anyway. He's gonna it's, well because it's, like, it's not that it's, I yeah. He even he, they even set it up early. He can he can say well you know he's like keep the sick ones the really sick ones okay, toward that's, the back. That's fair if enough, they yeah. manage to get to the stage, well, it's a failure. He doesn't of your own want fate. to disappoint. Okay, I, I can I can see it. And he and he even specifically you know the the problem that most of them would say is it's if he's not healed it was a failure of his faith and he very specifically says if he's not healed it's a failure of your faith exactly it's, it's like, nothing to it's do the with sheriff, him the sheriff's fault that if he yeah. doesn't heal he's and i like just how they're sorting the people from front to back that way it yeah. just reminds me of like battlefield triage where a medic's assistant <laughs> yeah. would write like three one two like on people where it's like okay one is someone who your medical help right now could save their life Two is probably not after you're done with the ones deal with this person. Three is they're going to die. They're going to die. Like that's how they dealt with it. It's just like lay it out that way. So the medic would just like, all right, bring me the ones, bring me the ones, bring me the ones. If the ones are all cured, are there any twos still alive? The threes died before (laughs) I was done with the marker. Are there any twos left? It's like, all right, put the really sick one. Put the, put, put the threes in the back, please. Put the threes in the back. I can't do anything with those guys. What an (laughs) awfully like. Yeah. Brilliant, but and necessary, but just awful, yeah. awful invention triage is right, yeah. and also like things like um, people, uh, for instance, like if if you have limited supplies of X medicine, the people who really like really really need that medicine might not get it because they'll use all of it because they'll use all of it. You give it yeah. to the people who a little bit of that medicine would save their life, but you don't get it to the people who it's like. All of my medicine would save their life because you need to deal with other people and shit like that. It, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the right. few or the so one. So if I have someone over here who could who could make it through the night with just one Vicodin, I only have 10 of them, then that guy gets the Vicodin. This dude over here who has both legs cut off and we sewed them together and hope to God, we'll see, he, he gets no Vicodin because he's probably just going to waste our Vicodin. <laughs> he's he's going to die with it in him. Shit like that is really upsetting, and yeah, it's that's why I don't do those things. Like World War, <laughs> yeah. like World why, War One, World War Two. That's books? what. That's yeah. that's why I just sit in rooms and talk about movies. I can't yeah. deal with that kind of responsibility. Yeah. This is what we do. <laughs> Someone out there is making that call right now. Yeah, in real life. I like reading books about old wars and stuff. I saw a really yeah, good. So yeah, I'll read a book. I saw after. a really good PBS yeah. episode last night like about a, a particular part. incident in World War Two that was amazing. But um, about army medics. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, Let's get let's get let's 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 be so dark. Hey, yeah, look, really. the, the the kid with the uh, the kid can walk. Hmm. I because I, I, going back, you know, again the the choir seems to be like the choir's like oh they're like wait a second yeah yeah this is yeah this is why we do this <laughs> oh yeah this is why I have to imagine it's a se- like a separate bus thing and they just don't actually cross paths that often like they're they're the cast and this is the crew basically <laughs> right and then be. the only other member of the cast is Jonas who's part of the crew like yeah. He, even if he wasn't, he'd be separated. Yeah, from like, so the, 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 the cast buys it, but the right, crew right. doesn't. Right, that yeah. kind of thing, maybe. The crew's like done a lot of these shows. Not to mention, you probably couldn't find or assemble a choir that good, full of people who will be that enthusiastic about something they know is a lie. Yeah, yeah. just stylistically, that style of music is traditionally church music. Well, traditionally, quite, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at how much it, it's it's. It's often hard to listen to, but I've I've had like faith music come up on Spotify and not realize it until suddenly it starts getting kind of scoldy. But <laughs> but I, listen, but it, just the music, I'm like kind of grooving to it until they start talking about you know doing wrong and he'll forgive you. I'm like, oh shit, they fooled me. Uh, it's church music. Sucker me. <laughs> but abort, they, abort. But they have the the kind of they've got kind of a rocking thing going on. Pat so Noswell I can, has a funny bit about the song Christmas Shoes that you can find. <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah, that's a great bit. So I can I can see kind of digging, but like you say, it's it would probably be hard to do that 
night after night. By the way, it, this being, you know, 22 years ago now, um, I was I was sitting there struck by, he's like, okay, our break-even, our nut for, for a single performance is $3,500. I'm going, that's it? Yeah. For this show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for a, three or four buses full of people. Yeah. And, uh, and the buses yeah. and the gas. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the hotel rooms for all of those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My God. But, yeah. but like you see, Mike, that's why I wrote a Christmas song with the word dick in the title. <laughs> Available on an album sometime in the future. Fakeness.com. <laughs> and Tim Minchin wrote a really beautiful uh, Atheist Christmas Carol. Like it's a, it's a beautiful yeah, song. White Wine in the white Sun. White Wine in the Sun. It's wonderful. Like I cry when I listen to that song. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. He's like, I'm you know, go look it up and cry now. I, I I can't stand old churches. Some of the songs have nice chords, but the lyrics are dodgy and stuff like that. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's my experience with. <laughs> with the the newer kind of uh, yeah. trying to trying to hip up chirp, church music, it's like I like the song, but when you listen to what they're saying, it's really b- upsetting and, and bothers me. I, I don't even know why. I, it's weird that we're talking about this because just the other day I had this really odd mental observation where I wasn't observing anything. My brain just put together a connection that I wasn't asking it for. But I there was a lot of church shit in my youth and uh, like uh, retreats and things like that and bonfires that kind of thing. And there's a, there was a, a like a modern hymn, not like an old hymn. But like a, a song that probably was written in the 60s or 70s that they're trying to, you know, get the kids into these days. And it's this really minor chordy thing. And it occurred to me that, holy shit, that like you could do a great mashup of the Game of Thrones theme and the, <laughs> and, the, and, the and the Christian song, uh, Our God is an Awesome God. Because it's like, our God, oh my God is an awesome God. Yeah. He reigns from heaven above with, or something like that. Wisdom, power, actually, and love, right, our God yeah, is an awesome yeah, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can just do like, dun, 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 dun. You can put, <laughs> put those together. My oh brain my just, God, you totally could. My yeah. brain just put that in my head like, oh, thanks, brain. I, what? <laughs> thanks for that. And your your that, brain just gave you unbidden, uh, a yeah. great IO9 mashup. My but, brain just yes. like dropped it off at my back door and like looked up at me smiling like, hey, I found you a bleeding thought. Huh? Pretty good, right? You're welcome. Thanks, Brain. There's nothing we can do about it. We just got to let it die. <laughs> <laughs> Write a three on yeah, the little right. thought and stop thinking about it. If not for this conversation, it would have died on the porch. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I, I really think it's a fun scene where the, you know, the crew is just going, oh, man, this is so awesome. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's so not. It's so not awesome. And, and the interesting thing being they, they're like, we want to put him in the show. We, and, and he's having this struggle, this crisis of yeah. his own faith in, in what he's doing and and... Yeah, and he he has his thing where he goes, yeah, put put him in. Fuck it, we're bad people. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. But then when the kid comes to him and's like, I want to be in the show, he's like, okay, we're bad this. people. Not you. You don't get to be bad people. Yeah. And want to no. That I, that's that's his breaking point where he says, nope, can't do it. Oh, not to mention another dick move by Mister Nightingale in the People v Nightingale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rustwater, Kansas. R- v. Remember Nightingale. the three tour buses full of people who he just. Like threw into unemployment in the middle of goddamn nowhere. <laughs> well, they they have like, enough money to get the bus fixed. And sure, but at that somewhere. point, it's like, what are they? Like now, it's like, okay, find a new job. How do I get home? Yeah, it's like when Forrest Gump that. walks away from the crowd in the middle of the desert. Like yeah. I'm gonna go well, home now. It's like, hey, what, what the? We were following. This isn't a thing without you. All right, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna live here. It is. It's like if Celine Dion because walked, I only uh, walked have out and said, you know what? I don't want to do this Vegas show anymore. You know, I know we yeah. because I only have a hundred dollars right now, and I have no way of getting home and then setting up a life for myself without this hundred dollars wait it's you, the, you the just shut down the show on tuesday we don't get paid till thursday yeah, right well presumably he was making a lot of money more than everyone else was and they would get some of his take <gasps> unless he raided the buckets 
I don't want to. I don't want to think that he stole the money. No, he. he, left. he just, I don't he think he clearly did walks away with nothing. I mean, that's, I, was, that's I was doing the, the over the top. That's the character thing. Is he? You know, he walks away from it all. That's his. That's his redemption. This I is, really like in the scene where he calls God a feckless thug. Yeah, <laughs> this I is the, uh, a cigarette. The the uh, the analog for this in the musical is the scene where that song I was telling you about, the good one, Jonas's soliloquy happens, where it's like this, um, uh, make me believe, help me believe, sort of thing, where he's all cryish and it's good, but it's a great moment for him too. This is a good scene. I wish it went longer before the kid interrupted it. Yeah. I want to hear him like finish. I want to, I want to see him go all the way with this conversation. Yeah. And with call himself. God a feckless thug and fucking shout at him in Latin, which does God speak Latin? Why was Bartlett talking to him in Latin? Cause he Cause went to private Catholic, Catholic school Catholic. before the Catholic, oh. the, the Catholic, uh, the Catholic mass. Ma- uh, mass was until the sixties. Math was still, or until the sixties mass yeah. was still, uh, spoken in Latin. God, how boring would that be? Super. Mm. Yeah. Not only, not only was it spoken in Latin, but the church the, is boring when they're speaking but, English, but traditional, traditional mass. The priest has his back to you because it's not for you. Yeah. It's talking yeah. to God. Yeah. They, the you priest, just get to watch. The, the yeah. priest is talking to God on your behalf. You yeah. watch a bald spot talking, talking Latin yeah. for an hour and a half. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Bleh. And you're grateful for the opportunity and That's you pay right. for it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And they give you a little bit of wine. There is craft service. <laughs> <laughs> there is body service. Yes. You. Yeah. Blood service. Take eat for this is my body. How do you like it? <laughs> oh, it's yummy. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Serve my... Nice. This would go great with some long pork. You like my body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so for a second, for a second watching this, I wasn't sure where the kid was coming down actually, because he's like, "Yeah, yeah see, I can do I, a lot of stuff. I'll learn my keep." Like, whoa, wait, yeah. is he? Because he showed his little magic trick too. I'm like, wait, is he? How in on this is this kid yeah. all of a sudden? Yeah, how sad. Well, this is, is he? this is, uh, and maybe I was just a little too checked out at this point. But this is where I was confused, and I'm still a little confused. He, uh, Steve Martin, is go. Okay, you're you're a scam artist. You were pulling a scam on me. But that's not the case. No. The, the movie, ultimately, the movie is saying that was his initial reaction. That's yeah. his initial what, reaction. He was, that's it was him true. denying that something happened. Okay. That, that. But now, but now he's saying, he's saying something. I I do a show. You did something real. Okay. And that and I can't. I don't deal know. With that. I don't know the nature of the real thing you did. Yeah. But I can't fake what you yeah. just did. On any level, I cannot deal with what happened with you. <laughs> yeah. And I can't. I <laughs> and can't I can't appropriate for that. It. Yeah. 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 But I'm not so evil that I'll pretend to take credit for it and yeah. you know put you in the circus. Yeah. So much less you know divide credit between myself and you for the show. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. We only get thirty five hundred a day. So you, you, want the, you, want the su- you want the super cynical ending? This kid just takes over the show and he becomes the front runner. No. Like I, I used to be, I couldn't walk and now I walk can walk. Walk of faith, the sequel. That's right. Dig me. I can walk now. Yeah, the the here's my sister. She's a waitress. She'll tell you. Which, by the way, the hug he gives the kid is surprisingly like forceful. He's and that's the the cue that he's he really cares. Well, about he's this decided kid. that's and the he's last time he's going to totally, see him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but that but you don't know that at the time. It's kind of like whoa. Now what's that going I on think there? Think about it. I actually don't like the title "Leap of Faith." It's I mean, it's, it's, it's a generic Hollywood. Yeah, title. but also like, what does it mean? Like. Well, at the I, end, I off the top of my head, I can't think yeah, of a better. The ending, it doesn't give you. A, the ending. So many people like. It's like, 
remember the conversation would happen a lot. It was like, have you, have you guys seen Leap of Faith with Steve Martin, right? It's an awesome movie. Simple Twist of Fate, isn't that what it's called? No, that's the other Steve Martin movie about, you know, <laughs> right. a guy. It's like, it's a it's a generic name. It's yeah. a generic title. Yeah. It's like, it, it's unfortunately, like, edge, like Edge of Tomorrow. Is, yeah. you know, you like, can, what is that? You can take it and in the end, I think thematically, there's there's a couple of potential leaps of faith going on. The His, oh, cohort the 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 gal she's about to take a leap of faith she's known this sheriff guy three days but she's about to abandon her entire life and marry this guy uh just because uh, presumably a lot has gone on off stage that they they has really developed a relationship oh that that just kind of but then doesn't sit right but (laughs) at the end for him he's taking a leap of faith because he's abandoning everything he's he's leaving everything behind he specifically says he's where are you going? Pensacola. Never been there. So he knows nobody there. He has nothing running there. And he's just going, I'm going to, I'm going to go and it's going to work out. And that's, that's his leap of faith. Yeah. But but, it, but I I agree that it's yeah, not thematically it's not soaked in the in the <laughs> it's movie. It's not a great title. It's not like say Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. It does it does violate the Blake Snyder. The title should say what the movie is rule. Yeah, which I do tend to agree with fairly much. I I, I, I think, think I generally I, agree. I think with that's that. a fair. I think it's a fair thing. It yeah, certainly there, helps. There were wars it, in those stars. I like it. I like yeah. it when a title. I like it when a title definitely tells you what it's about, and I especially love it when a title means at least two things yeah. about the movie. I really pleased as this is a story I'm I'm a script I'm writing right now and I, I I was gonna you know, I'm starting to put together a package for it and it's like, well, what's it called? And then so I went through that I went through it it was an agonizing process of coming up with the title and I finally came up I was and I'm surprised this title I checked IMTB, this is not a title of a of a feature that's ever been done, you would think. Um, because it's kind of generic, but it really is what the movie is about. I, I came with Payload is the name of the title, All right. which is kind of evocative, and mm-hmm. it's clear. It's definitely what it's about. It's about you know, yeah, good title, Payload, and so and it's and it works. It does work on two levels for the story I'm writing. So I'm please, like I think I, I think I got the right title. I was, smashed. but I have I have a huge list of rejected yeah. titles. I was smashing. I my, was really happy when I, with the title Ride Along for one of mine, and yeah, I can't and use it because of the damn was, other yeah, movie. Heart. People make movies with the same title all the time. I know. I just found one. I just found out trying to rent this that there were two movies in 2010 called Leap Year. It wasn't yeah. a Leap Year in 2010, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. So what's that about? And I think that was the after s- you found that. Did you check to see if it was a Leap Year? Or, no, I know. Or, or I know it's no, a multiple it, of four, so yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it's the presidential elections. It's oh really? The same yeah. year. It's a, yeah. It's a, oh, every four that. years. It's a multiple so, of four, so. So 16 and then 20 and then 24. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know that. I didn't realize it was like that. That's way easier to remember. Yeah. That's because, uh, yeah, we go around the earth 365 and one quarter days. So every four yeah. years we have to. But, um, yeah. And I, I, what I didn't check and what I meant to is, was that the same year that 30 Rock made that episode making fun of <laughs> that, that, that there was a movie called Leap Year or Leap, Leap Day? Don't know. Or, sorry. Yeah. Leap Day. Because um, they, they did a whole thing about, um, uh, it was like... I think it was their for their holiday, like their Christmas episode, or they didn't do it, but they they made a Leap Day episode and they treated it like it was a Christmas episode. Like there was this whole mythology around Leap Day that everybody knew except for Liz. She didn't grow up with it. <laughs> and just to make the point of like, this, this is how weird Christmas looks to people who didn't grow up with it. Like, look how insane this is. <laughs> It was a real. It was actually one of my probably one of my favorite what is episodes. It Third Rock. It was at Thirty Rock. Yeah. Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. <laughs> Third Rock. Is, see, there you go. There's a show called Thirty Rock, and there's a show called Third Rock. <laughs> well, I mean, the th- what the hell? More specifically, that year, the same year, in the same season, not the same network. Maybe the same network. There was a show called. They were both about fucking SNL. There was Thirty oh, yeah. Rock and Studio Sixty. 
Like, yeah. Huh, baby? Huh? Well, there's, there's also like... Uh, there's like ten movies or something, all called for love or money. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's the Blake Snyder thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like that, and that title. Every movie should be called that because what movie isn't that in one way <laughs> or another? This one's that. Yeah, really, exactly. For God or money. I was bashing my head against bricks trying to come up with a name for my little musical thingy. I eventually settled on Sad Max. Literally, when I had already shot the two trailers and I wanted to put them up that night, but I hadn't. I didn't have a title <laughs> to put on it yet, so I was like, "Fucking Sad Max, we're doing that." <laughs> But my favorite... You, I, you'd be amazed how, how often just doing it like that yeah. will work out. It works in Sad Max. It's happening for Caroline. After you've heard it twice, and maybe you noticed that it was a joke about Mad Max, maybe you didn't, but after you've heard it twice, you cease to think about it as a new piece of information, like, what does that mean? It's just the, the label. It's just what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Lyrics work the same way, I find. But anyway, my, my double entendre name that I, I'm glad I didn't use, I didn't want to use it at the time. I wanted something better, but the one I was settled on, like, this is the best I have so far, was a YouTube account. Mm. Oh, yeah. see, see, that's a good title for something, though. Yeah, because that's it has a really it's, it's a title. YouTube account, but it's also a YouTube account and no. et cetera, et cetera. Oh, the it. other, the other one I, I liked totally was it. the musical at the end of the internet, but that's just <laughs> two oh, hitchhikers. That's also there was, well, Sad Max is a, is a great play on words. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I'm happy with Sad Max. The yeah. the plus it's so brief. The the thing that that is is Catch difficult it. to realize when you're trying to you know, like you said, with lyrics or names or anything, you people will forget you that have it to, matters well well not only that but you have to remember that nobody but you knows what the other options were yeah when you show them when you show someone a thing that you've made they don't know the other things it could have been they just watch it and go okay <laughs> That's this is, is the thing that yeah. it is i like i like i like it i think his reaction is perfectly appropriate <laughs> he just starts laughing like wow okay of all seriously <laughs> really He's a, I bet he's almost glad, like, boy, I'm glad I fucking yeah. left now. No, yeah. Because he's never going, they are never going to stop talking about me. <laughs> yeah. I am a fucking legend now. Yeah. The best which, thing I can do is disappear. Yeah. Which, by I mean, let's just point out, we just had this recently in California because we are currently under a severe drought. And the day, you know, three months ago or whatever it was, the day they said, okay, everybody, this is officially going to be a severe drought for a long time. We know that's going to happen. That day they did that, it rained for like two days in a row. Yeah. And because insanely it ra- rained. Insanely rained. And they had to go, yeah, still we, we, we know it yeah, just rained, but right. it's still going to be but, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 the, like the fucking Weather Channel's Twitter account was, yeah, we know. <laughs> but yes, we know. Still, yeah. yeah. See, again, this, we're, we're, this is got to think big picture, everybody. Look at how long now this, we're only three years behind in rain. Yeah. Look how long this goddamn rain montage happens. I guess they're using yeah. it to cover the, like to, to put bows on all the other storylines. Yeah, but. That's, that's what it is. I can't, I feel like if they cut it short, it would feel cut short yeah. somehow. But maybe you because, dwell, you have to dwell on it. For maybe a while. because it's just the end of the movie. It's like, you gotta, you gotta kind of, lead us out you know you got to play the movie out as opposed to it sort of signals you that this is coming to an end yeah which by the way that's it's kind of lord of the Ringsy in in but i kind of i i kind of appreciate that now that you've pointed that out where it's like when it goes past a certain threshold of length you're like oh the movie's ending again and you can sort of psych yourself up for that a a thingy that doesn't get brought up about kindles on like a book kindle comparison thingy is that i have totally been reading a book and it just ended Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen with books because you're like, I'm at the end. It's getting pretty yeah. thin yeah. now. With Kindle, it's just like, F- what the? Yeah, because I had known that and I had the same problem with my... <laughs> I wasn't my, ready. Right. I, if I, I have the same thing going on with my uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide anthology because I have all the books in one book and I just like turned the page like, oh, I'm done with that. That's right. He just stopped. Huh. Yeah. 
it with Kindles, it depends on how much st- stuff they have, like notes or the index yeah. or whatever yeah. at the end. Because I'm always looking at that percentage. I look at the percentage, and but I'm like yeah. I get to like seventy percent, and I'm done. I'm like, but there's thirty percent left. Yeah. yeah. Some books. Are Damn really you, appendices! Or, or, or the book will be, you know, have like the first chapter of the next in the series. Like, oh, hey, I thought, you know, there was yeah, right. exactly. So there you go. Thank you, Jesus. So I like, like I said, I I love the fact that this movie lets you have it either way. You can yeah, you can take totally. from it whatever you feel like you want to get from it. I dig it a lot. Like I said at the beginning, this is a movie that like Blast from the Past for that matter. And the only the only uh, I don't remember the name, Yanis uh, something, uh, the the screenwriter. Yeah. The only credit. Under that name, go. So shit. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't know. Probably a guy because it would be probably Janice if it were. A guy. But I don't know. I don't know guy or girl or anything about. Yadush. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about this writer. Uh, this is the only credit under that name. So I, I well done. I, I watched this movie a lot growing up. It was a DVD. I mean, it was. It came out years after I was born, but someone bought it early on and just had it around. Uh, and I watched it a lot, and I still like it a lot. Uh, later in life with the whole Alan Menken musical. Holy shit, they're making a musical. Yay, Alan Menken. It was bad? The what? <laughs> that was weird. But generally, I like this movie a lot. I'm glad it exists. It's not quite on the level of Groundhog Day, but it also would go on that same shelf where it's a comedic actor not doing the thing they're usually known for in a movie with pretty heavy psychological themes that gets a little bit darker than you think it should, but it's <laughs> cool anyway. I think Groundhog Day sells more than this does. I think it's a better generally than this is but this is a movie that i've always had a lot of affection for and yay fun commentary brian yeah i don't uh, i don't see myself coming back dwell on it this. we're about to watch brave <laughs> yeah I really know, take take, take yeah, the joy done this one take second. the joy where you could find it i mean it, yeah it's uh, it's odd i guess it, sh- it feels like it should be more uh i should be responding more to it than i am but it really is not lighting that much in, in me uh Maybe it is just it's well. You need to look deep inside yourself. Yeah, that's because Please, you don't believe, geez. Brian. You have to believe. The, the, yeah. Take a leap of faith. Cannot deliver the word. The doubt is in with is within me. Uh, it is my own failing and no one else's. Um, but it's it's certainly good, and I certainly love Steve Martin. And uh, I don't know. I don't uh, just have anything else to say about it. Darkman. <laughs> yeah, the thing about this movie and the thing that makes it so strange to us, I think uh, uh, nowadays, kind of looking back, this is not. I don't think this is what you would call a high concept movie. No, it's at all. Just and a little story. It's just a little story, and we're we're cons, cons and frauds, and frauds consultant. consultant. Yeah. So and Go but Ricky. the but the fact that it's we're we're not used to it's just a little story, but it stars Steve Martin or someone on the caliber. Like, wait, you can't do that. It's either got to be this big high concept thing, or it's got to you know star some asshole that you've never heard of before and have no contrast because nobody knows how to do color yeah. correction anymore. Um, <laughs> but. The the fact that it just it's it's from the era where you were still allowed to go. This is just three days in a in a you know in a town and and something something interesting happened. Um, it's certainly I don't think I would put it on the same shelf as Groundhog Day. It's not it's it's not the thing. It doesn't hit you the way Ground, Groundhog Day does. It doesn't it doesn't get to some kind of deeper truth or or anything like that. And it's not trying to. Uh, it's just. A, a piece of entertainment and it's also not you watch a Steve Martin movie and you expect it maybe this was you know kind of the same problem with the Truman Show and stuff like that you expect it to be a like a comedy you expect it to be kind of manic and energetic and it's not and so that's it's it's really straddling the line between it's it's fun to watch but it's not really a comedy it really on, is more on of wiki, a drama it's called a dramedy yeah. yeah and so yeah it's it's I like it 
I really like it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad we did it and we can call it a curated one. We can make this my curated <laughs> one if we want to since I haven't done one yet. I've been advocating it for no, so long. It's, no, it's, you, get, you get your own curated one. And, kind of uh, one. Screw you. You can't get out of it. <laughs> the, the, um, I'm going to make you guys do Mario. Um, oh, but, uh, the, oh, boy. The, uh, you give one man some power. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is your curated movie. This is your curated movie. This is this is <laughs> but um, I, I, I think it's worth seeing. I think everybody ought to see it. It's a, it's a good movie, but it's not the kind of movie where you go... I want to watch Leap of Faith again, you know, like you do with Groundhog Day or, or something like that. I, I, I find myself so. going back to it a lot, but that also might just be because it's a comfort movie for me. Trey? Yeah. I, uh, I, I haven't watched it lately, but I watched it a lot, like it would be on cable. and, and uh, So I, I watched it more times than, you know, than I, I can give an accurate accounting More of. times than I even watched More times it. than I even know. So, um, so I know it pretty well, although I, in my head and in watching it, I, I sort of, I do tend to, Fast forward past the Liam Neeson, you know, uh, romantic subplot. Uh, it's maybe just a little too much of that going on. But but then at the same time, as you said, it's like, well, but you don't want to be like, and we're in love, the end. You know, you kind of need to see that develop as well. So it's always a choice. But um, yeah, I just, I, I come back to, I can't name many other movies, if any other movie that walks through this valley <laughs> that so many movies have and comes out on the far side without having like said so okay got it you you get you see what i'm was you see what i was talking QED. about right yeah so it's it lets you and i i don't know like i said i'd, I'd be really interested to, to hear you know from from someone who is a believer of some kind like how did how do they see the ending of it and how or do they feel it comes out at least one that's this one's clearly doing it deliberately, whereas we just, you know, we did Book of Eli, and it's like, that kind of comes down not on either side, but because it's, it's just confused. But it's, not because, it started on one side and never yeah. really left that side. And me, as a person from the other side of that aisle, yeah. never got on board with it, yeah. because I'm like, I just don't even know what you're trying to tell me. What are you, what are you saying, movie? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, it, it's... And I like the fact that you don't really know... Unless you, you know that watching this movie is you don't know where this is going, unless you're expecting it's going to. Well, in the end, the angels are actually going to appear, and you know, okay, yeah. and Hosanna, and it's all true, and and you know, typical Hollywood ending of, of what the, you know. The, there really were angels in the outfield all along, blah blah blah. And, and the fact, <laughs> I mean, that's the, way, the angels in the outfield at the end. Everyone can see the damn angels. You know, it's like no ambiguity there. So so the idea that uh, you know that 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 this movie doesn't doesn't nail it down either way and just says this is what happened and this is how this is what these people did and this is you know and it's some all, people and went one way and some people went the other way and in the end it's an account without life, editorialization life went yeah. on you know and yeah. yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to put it yeah and it's it's and it i will also say far, very likely that that's probably why it didn't do very well either because people are like oh it didn't Tell me what I really wanted to hear, you know, which is kind of, of course, what the movie is talking about to begin with. So, but then again, everyone gets to watch this movie and go, I think that was saying what I wanted to hear. Yeah, everyone does, which that's nice. Anyway, but it's like you want to hear it. You want to like, no, you want you want the the. You, we're waiting for the alpha to go. No, you're right, right, and just walk <laughs> across the crosswalk. Yeah, the crosswalk. Ah, the crosswalk. That is a good title. <laughs> the crosswalk. Wow. Up until just then, this has been What Are You Doing Movie. <laughs> you can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forums, subscribe. It's wonderful people stuff. Just go to the fucking forums.
forum already, will you? God, just do it. We do ask it. how many times? It's twitter.com slash friends in your head, facebook.com slash friends in your head, friends in your head at gmail.com. Buy our shirts, give us money. There's a big PayPal button. We're not asking for to sand. Holden Hill Design and Maintains the website. And collects time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Pinnifter. My staff. Jonas Nightingale. And this has been What Do You Do in Movie? Good night, good night. Preach it. His name is Play actually, me out. His I'm name in. is Buddha, actually John Buddha, Newton. Buddha, hey. Okay. Who do you want doing your podcast? Friendsinyourhead.com. <laughs>